0: It's time for Twit This Week in Tech. We found three people who weren't watching the Super Bowl. Georgia Dow from iMore, Christina Warren from Microsoft, and the gadgets to Vindra Hardware. Lots to talk about, including tech companies past and present at the Super Bowl, Apple's FaceTime flaw, and their spanking of Facebook and Google, and the dangers of giving your DNA to the FBI. It's all coming up next on Twit. Netcasts you love.
1: From people you trust.
0: This is Twit. This is Twit. This Week in Tech. Episode 704. Recorded Sunday, February 3rd, 2019. To the woodshed with you. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Thousand Eyes. Companies that run in the cloud rely on Thousand Eyes. It's the place they go first to see, understand, and improve the digital experience of their cloud-based applications and services. Do the cloud right and improve services for your customers and employees today. Visit Thousandeyes.com/slash twit. And by Sophos Cybersecurity. In an age of evolving cyber threats, you need evolved cybersecurity. Powered by artificial intelligence, Sophos can detect threats before they strike, killing ransomware, viruses, and other cyber threats dead in their tracks. Get a free security scan and or a free trial today at Sophos.com. And by Quip. Get a fresh start every day with Quip, the first subscription electric toothbrush Accepted by the American Dental Association. Visit getquip.com/slash twit to get your first refill pack free when you purchase any Quip electric toothbrush. And by LastPass, the number one most preferred password manager. Secure every password-protected entry point to your business and reduce the threat of breach at lastpass.com/slash twit. It's time for Twit this week at Tech, the show we cover the latest tech news. And I am so glad that on a Super Bowl Sunday we were able to get three nerds who don't care about sports at all on the show. I hope that's you, Devendra Hardowar, falling over saying, "I do, I do, I do care no, about sports." No, pretty <laughs> much
2: me. All I only care about are movie trailers right now. This today,
0: yeah, yeah. Because it's slash film is this a big day for movie trailers?
2: Oh yeah, all the all the biggest movie trailers of the years uh, drop on Super Bowl. Oh, I didn't like, know it's, that. It's fun. Yeah, but the, but the movies that are coming in the next few months are the crappiest movies of the year. It's not a good, like, normally January is the bad month. But, yeah, right. this is not a good period for like, I keep for seeing ads movies. for
0: that Battle Angel movie. Mm-hmm.
2: And they showed trailers last summer,
0: and it looked terrible then. But now I, I know they that yeah. they didn't release it during the Christmas <laughs> prestige season, that it actually is terrible.
2: I actually hear it's pretty good, though, Oh, surprisingly. See? Yeah. There you and go. It's by Robert Rodriguez. I like, uh, like it. so I'm looking forward to it. And it's based mm-hmm. on
0: a comic book and... Of course, yeah. everybody knows movies based on comic books are uniformly perfect.
2: Well, it's based on an anime, which is even, even like better. more dangerous, right? Ooh. Like after it goes in the Shell, I'm, I was terrified.
0: Also, with us, I bet she cares about this a little bit because her handle's Film Girl, Christina <laughs> Warren, from Microsoft Senior Cloud Dev Advocate. Yeah. Hi, Christina.
3: Well, hello, Leo. Happy to be here.
0: We would never ask you to come early on Oscar Day or Golden Globe Day. In fact, you're the, no, that would be that'd be hard. But, you're the but person, for this, ah, who cares? But there are some commercials we'll want to see. Yes,
3: definitely. I'm 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 all about the brands. I'm all about the ads. But yeah. uh, as we were kind of talking about beforehand, they're on YouTube um, pretty instantaneously. So um, the live aspect, like the halftime show, I do enjoy watching. Although this year, it's going to be more about like you know laughter about who they were able to finally convince to to do it, but. Um yeah. Oh uh, yeah, because I, uh, the
0: halftime show uh was uh, up in the air for a while. Would well, they have Maroon 5?
3: Yeah, they have Maroon 5, but the problem was is the Maroon 5 has had a hard time getting people to be like, "Oh yeah, we'll we'll, you know, do guest appearances oh, really? with you." Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because people are upset with the NFL over the Colin Kaepernick um um thing and so there's there was all of that. But uh yeah, I mean, that'll be interesting to watch. I always like the halftime shows, but um, I'm not going to pretend to be a fan of the sports ball. Plus, I just got back from uh, from traveling, and so I'm my body is still not sure what day or uh, time zone I'm in.
0: So. There's no football in Milan. There's, well, there's fashion there's, in Milan. Did you do? Any, fashion in Milan. Did you see any d- fashion?
3: Oh, I did. Mm. I did. I uh, I went to um, some of the stores and near the Duomo, and um, it was
0: nice. And to keep us all sane a canadian for whom <laughs> this is not in any way the world series of football georgia dow hi georgia hey how are you doing great to have you you're in your like uh, your lab it looks like it's,
4: it's my office this is my like little tiny area of freedom so yeah do you, do you
0: rewire a- people in your practice Looks like you've got soldering irons, snippers. I do
4: have, I do have all of that. That's more like my art area. So oh. I have like my little art area ah. over here. So I do art and therapy at the same time. Well, not at the same time, but in the same kind of space of time to that. So
0: I do have to say, do you remember? Do you all remember the first .dot com to advertise in the Super Bowl and what a big deal that was? Yeah, wasn't it yeah. Pets
3: .dot com? I think so. I, they were. It was that first year and obviously that puppet, um, you know, the, the, the sock puppet they spent all that money on. And then, you know, uh, the, it went out of business. And so somebody smart like paid for the Pets.com sock puppet to make an appearance in in their <laughs> ad for like everyone had, deserves a second chance or something.
0: Oh, and then Pets.com. Like, the
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> this year, now back then, a Super Bowl ad cost mm, a couple million dollars. This year it will be five and a half million dollars for a 30 second ad. The highest ever. In fact, it's been flat at $5 million for the last three years. So this is, I guess, because it's the Patriots and a big Los Angeles team, the Rams, you know, this is going to be a big market and, and they expect big audiences. Uh, here's an article. Eight dot coms that spent millions of Super Bowl ads that don't exist anymore.
1: <laughs>
0: Pets.com. Epidemic.com. I don't even remember them. I don't either. Life miners sell an epidemic. Yeah. Yeah, they must have been really good really good ads. Huh? Ourbeginning.com, <laughs> I think that was a, a dating site. Netpliance, E-Stamp E1040 on money, EDS, the Hurting Cats ad and the Survivors. <clears throat> I don't e- I don't remember uh, any of those. I remember,
3: no, I remember the one.
0: That's the only one I remember. Yeah. Yep. This uh, in uh, 2000, which was the height of this dot com, the stock.com the .com bubble and the burst was like right after that, uh, 19 startups bought Super Bowl advertisements. Now, this year, there's going to be a lot of uh, high tech on the Super Bowl. Amazon will be back. They've they've done some fun ads, uh, haven't they, in previous uh, years. I'm not going to show you any of these because no spoilers, right? <laughs> no spoilers. But uh, look for Harrison Ford, Forrest Whitaker, Alana Glazier, I don't know who that is, and Abby Jacobson. Those are, oh, they're from Broad, Broad City. City. Yeah. yeah, They're the best. Oh, that's nice. That's good. That's almost like a podcast. And, <laughs> and astronaut twins Scott and Mark Kelly, they'll all be in the uh, Echo ads. Uh, ADT, Google will have ads again. Two commercials. Your company, Microsoft, they're going to take, it looks like they're going to take that holiday ad and do a sequel to that.
3: Yeah, they did. They uh, they released the extended version a couple of days ago, and uh, I'm not. I, I'm gonna say this as unbiased as I possibly can, but I was I watched, I saw it when I was in Milan. and I was like,
0: "This is a it's good ad." not to cry. I loved the Christmas ad. I loved it. It was a beautiful ad about uh, a kid, a, a special needs kid, who had this special uh, accessible controller for the Xbox. And all his friends, were, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And they were all running over, and they saw him, whatever it is, break his high score or whatever. And they were all cheering for him. It was a great ad. So we're going to see the, I guess, the sequel to that.
3: Yeah, they, they, they he's visited again, and there's some other kids that uh, show off um, the accessible controller.
0: Okay. Mint Mobile uh, will do an ad. That's one of those MVNOs. Simply Safe, who I should mention, is a sponsor of our content. T-Mobile, Verizon. So look for I'm not going to show any of these because I want you to enjoy your Super Bowl free of knowledge. Be no almost
2: spoilers for ads. It's no the ads. It's we're in now. You know, TiVo, I didn't know this.
0: They've done this a couple of years in a row now. TiVo has a game skip button now. <laughs> so I love it. So I love this idea. You can, uh, if you're watching the Super Bowl for the ads, not the game, you TiVo it and then... Which I am doing, and then uh, you could just go watch the ads. I like that idea.
4: I'll so, be youtubing later. Just want to watch the worst and the best. That's yeah. it.
0: I like to watch them in in uh, in vivo. I like to watch. Do you? Yeah, I like to watch them in the ambiance. In fact, I'd I like to, to be going football. to get a sandwich and see the ad out of the corner of my eye. So then I really know what real people. Are seeing of this (laughs) five and a half million dollar production. Was that Jeff Bridges? I thought that, I think that was Jeff Bridges, and that's all I know. Anyway, so we will, that's all we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. It's over, it's done. Somebody won, somebody lost. There were probably bad calls, and there was probably a wardrobe malfunction. Maroon five, (laughs) their clothes fell off. I don't know. I'm just saying. First quarter results are in for Apple. This was going to be Apple's no good, very bad quarter. Tim Cook, remember a couple of weeks ago, downgraded their estimates for profit. Uh, you know what? They didn't have such a bad quarter. They did all right, right? Any any takeaways from this? Divindra Eighty-four Hardimer, billion or, is
4: okay. Yeah, it's okay. That's a I lot of money. They're going to survive. I think they're going to survive. <laughs>
0: They'll be fine. Um,
4: maybe <laughs> okay. I'm they're just fine. calling that. Not going out of business. Five percent. You know, we have international sales up 62%. I guess that's okay. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Now, this is the first uh, one where they're not breaking down the individual sales for products, especially for mm -hmm. the iPhones, right?
3: Right. Yeah, this is the first time that they are not saying number of units of iPhones sold, which – I, I don't love that move. I mean, I get it, but I, I, I don't love it. I don't love it when any company does that. But yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, it's clear
2: you're hiding something, right? And what, what shame is being hidden right now is its lower iPhone 10R uh, sales. I we don't know at this point. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well I mean in, in in fairness, they never actually broke out by like the model series. Like they would never yeah, say you yeah. sold this many models of this or this or this. So you would usually what would happen is the mix would be extrapolated based on the um, you know, uh like the margin um on the devices. And that's how you would figure out, well, they sold more, you know, the newer devices than the mm-hmm. older ones. But um the fact that they're not breaking it out at all, I mean, I think what it what it indicates, as a lot of people expected and as their own, you know, pre quarter um uh, you know, uh, I guess declaration said is that they're selling fewer phones than they used to. Now I think that's okay, just because smartphones we've reached a point where we're at saturation, and you know the growth period is basically gone, right? Like, and so I understand that if if what you if you think the market is going to be basing its valuation of your company on certain growth percentages, um, you know, in, in sales and you start to see a decline, not because your product isn't still popular, but because everyone has a phone and because ownership cycles are becoming longer and longer, then I, I do understand the idea of saying, well, we would rather not break out sure. these numbers. but. I think that you know, when people were trying to say, oh, well, that's not what it's about, and then you know, they have to uh, you know, lower their, their earnings estimates because things did not sell the way they were anticipating for whether it was China or, or pricing or, or what the reason may be, that just adds credence to the idea that, well, you know, uh, this is a convenient time to maybe uh, not paper over the problem. But to, uh, uh, as you were saying, kind of hide something or, or make mm-hmm. it less, less obvious what's happening.
2: Yeah. I mean th- there's multiple things going on too. Like as you're saying, phones are lasting longer and they're getting better. And we also know like Apple's been trying to push up that average sales price with the, you know, the 10s and the the plus and everything. So yeah. I think that there may be some pushback to that as well. Like things are getting so expensive. Uh, I still have my 10 from last year and I felt no real need to upgrade. I'm also seeing people go from the 10 last year to the 10R this year which in many ways, it's a step down other than screen size. So there's a lot of confusion in the product line, too, I think. So maybe this year, with a full-fledged redesign, we'll we'll see something better.
0: Cook was asked specifically about the theory that one of the reasons iPhone sales were down 15% this quarter. By the way, this is the quarter that you would see a big jump. This is their big quarter, right? Right,
3: right. This is the holiday quarter, yeah. right.
0: Uh, he, he, he was asked specifically, is it prices? And Cook said no, But his answer was kind of odd. He said, the iPhone XS matched the price of the iPhone X. The XR was right in the middle of where the entry iPhone 8 and the entry iPhone Plus had been priced. So actually, it's a pretty small difference in the United States compared to last year. But actually, if you look at any individual phone, it's definitely more expensive. Nobody buys the average price phone. They buy a phone. And uh, even the XR was more expensive than the base model 8. Uh, which was itself more expensive than the iPhone Seven. So Apple has look; at, they've been ratcheting the price up. But but Cook seems at least in public to be fairly clear that he doesn't think that the drop in numbers is due to that. He does say the price was high in areas where the exchange rate wasn't so good, like China. They also uh, Luca Maestri, their their CFO, highlighted uh, the installed base, and this is something I think you're going to hear more and more from Apple because mm-hmm. what Cook said was well. You know, we make our phones to last a long time. So what that means is when somebody buys a new phone, they hand down the old phone. And as a result, the installed base is high. And for the first time, they gave a number, 900 million actively used iPhones uh, up year over year in all five geographic segments. In fact, it, it, they say it grew almost 75 million in the last 12 months. That's This is very you know typical of a company, which is we're going to highlight the stat that makes us look good.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. And here, where, what this also indicates and, and what they would kind of push towards is to say, okay,
0: th-
3: this is saying two things. One, look at this huge number that makes us look good. But number two, the big thing that Apple has been focusing on, for, I guess I'd say about the last 12 quarters, it's really been a la- about the last three years, they've been doing this massive push into services, is mm-hmm. that if you're looking at services and they've said, you know, it's going to be, you know, um, a, a $20 billion, you know, uh, a business on its own or, you know, by, by, by this date and, and whatnot – um, then that is going to, you, you can say, well, if we have 958 million, you know, active um, install base, then you can start to extrapolate the potential of service revenue based on that number. And if that number continues to go up, then that's an indication that service revenue will continue to climb and will continue to grow because you have that that install base where you can attach Apple Music or iCloud or, you know, Apple Pay or whatever else you're, you're wanting to kind of, or, you know, put on it, um, you, you have that, that user base to, to go after. So I think that it's both the big number that says, oh, this, look at how great this, this big number is. And also, it's also kind of an indicator to analysts to say, and this is this potential huge target number that we have to get additional money out of because they're in our ecosystem. And as a result, um, you know, we have the ability to attach you know, X percentage of services onto this number of people.
4: It's also why Apple goes after privacy, because I think that as more and more people are caring about privacy, they're going to be heading down to Apple because Apple just has a better track record for that. And so they're going to be doing more and more services that are going to be on the Apple ecosphere. So I think that this revenue is actually going to increase a lot more as people are more aware of what's happening and how companies are misusing um, you know, their, their own data.
2: Yeah, yeah, this was probably a bad week to uh, double down yeah. on that. But, I was just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because,
0: of <laughs>
4: course. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. We're
2: talking about the FaceTime
0: flaw that allowed oh. uh, people using group FaceTime to eavesdrop on other people, uh, at least briefly, until they either didn't pick up or picked up the call. Uh, did Tim Cook, I didn't listen to the analyst call and I didn't read the notes, did he say anything about the FaceTime flaw in that call? They did apologize.
3: Yeah, they, they, they apologized and um removed the feature until they're able to roll out um a software update. Um but yeah, I mean look, Apple rightly I think has a really great reputation for for privacy and Yeah, this um,
0: doesn't this for, doesn't ding that no. this is a flaw. No, it this, doesn't. Bug.
4: this is a bug. They didn't, but it's a they bad didn't get bug. caught doing something right. wrong right. like right. Facebook did that was a purpose. Right. They You're made not a mistake, wrong. they yeah. tried to yeah. fix Yeah, they tried to fix it as quickly as possible. You know, they might have given a little bit of a runaround. I get that. That sometimes happens. It's not great. And it's a really big deal. But this is really different from them choosing to sell your information and trying to be sneaky about it. Apple, again, wants to keep your business. So it makes every sense that they're going to try to make sure they're as secure as possible.
0: They did respond quickly. Well... They no. responded sort quickly of, to of. the nine to yeah. five got, Mac story. They got, when
4: they got caught, they were really fast about it.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, and I don't think fast. it's fair
0: to say caught either. I mean,
3: no, no. no. So, when, they were, when, when they were when the issue made it to their to their account, I mean, people tried, but you know, there's a family
0: uh, uh, of people. Michelle Thompson, who's a 14 year old, discovered this a week before it was revealed. A nine to five Mac. A security researcher found it later. Uh, tried to get through to Apple, but she's. You know, uh, not a developer. She's not somebody Apple gets security reports from on a regular basis. So she says she never received a response from the company. She actually went to Fox News to tell them, look, there's a serious security privacy flaw in FaceTime. Um, Apple did in its apology say, we thank the Thompson family for reporting the bug uh, and we're going to improve our process uh, by which we receive and escalate these reports in order to get to them the right people as fast as possible, all she got was mm-hmm. a, a a note saying you should join the, if you want to report bugs, you need to join the developer program it 's
2: kind of a tough thing too like uh, coming from yeah, the i t side is. of things right it's it 's hard to tell when to take these things seriously right. and when not to so that 's understandable it 's just a shame that this was the one missed uh you know support ticket that was one of the most egregious privacy flaws like i I know this was not purposeful uh but you know the people who signed up for Facebook's privacy and information sharing thing, they they at least knew, like, Facebook was doing this and they were getting paid for it. It was like a contract. This is an insane uh bit of, like, spy tech, basically. Yeah. Like, this is something that I know, like, spy agencies have been trying to cook up things like this so that they can listen on your conversation. Well, but how useful knowing.
0: would it be <laughs> if you were the NSA or the CIA and you knew about this this only happened when Apple released group FaceTime, which was just mm-hmm. a couple of mm-hmm. versions of iOS 12 ago. It was like 12.1. So it, it hasn't been around that long. But let's say you're in the NSA. You're not saying, oh, rubbing your hands with glee, saying, oh, finally, I can I can uh, listen in oh, on yeah. Putin's conversations. Because it only – it rings the phone, right? And it only yeah, – right?
4: NSA is calling, and Putin's yeah, like, and oh, I'm not going to answer the phone.
0: Yeah. So it's not <laughs> that useful. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just it's, – it's embarrassing. Apple – Right, uh, did respond once the United Five Mac report came out. They responded immediately by turning off Group Facetime. It's still off, and as you said, Christina, they'll have they say they'll have a patch this week. And Group Facetime, yeah, no,
3: totally. Back. And I mean, it, it, in terms of bugs to have, I think you point out like it's not good These at all. Happen. It could conceivably be embarrassing, but it could yeah. be way worse. Yeah. The phone is going to ring, so the longest you're talking about, you know, uh, you know, maybe twenty seconds that you might be able to to hear something and and and. uh I mean, it's not great. I think the video aspect was probably worse than maybe even the audio stuff, the fact that you could maybe see people. That's not great, but they fixed it. And I think that the good news here is that because they were able to fix things server-side because of what this was, they could put a stop to it. You know, they it, on the server-side level, they just disabled the group FaceTime feature, and now they're going to issue a patch. So this wasn't even – I mean, this could have been really bad if this was something where they would have had to release – an update that everybody's phone would have to be updated, you know, to, to Anybody who's position. ever had
0: an eight minute voicemail message from a butt dial knows totally. there's not that much <laughs> going on. Have you ever sat and listened to all eight minutes?
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean <laughs> you I hear mean, a lot
0: of <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: mean, I, I usually I usually get bored really quickly because yeah. you've someone's whole Eight minutes.
3: Oh no! Yeah. Oh, I've done it just because you're 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 kind of curious because sometimes you know again there's that one time most of the time you delete it right but but you hear interesting conversations you're, you're like wait hear... a minute wait a minute all right, <laughs> right
0: we're gonna wrap the bank at eight tonight <laughs> exactly. everybody
3: in or, on a jo- be about you yeah <laughs> you. well that, well this is what I'm saying that that's what happens is this is like the the the, the worst case scenario where somebody's talking smack about you and unknowingly calling you. Um, this is where voice assistants, I think, can be very dangerous because you can imagine if if you're talking about someone, you accidentally invoke the, the voice assistant that then calls that person and <laughs> starts to leave a long message, you know, uh, talking poorly about that person. Um, no, I mean, in, I, I've maybe listened once, like the eight minute ones, usually you just delete, But you might hear a, a few occasional things. Where you're like, oh, <laughs> so that's what they think about so-and-so.
0: It does happen. Uh, there's a guy who uh, lost his job. And is suing his ex-boss. This happened last spring. Uh, he accidentally butt-dialed his boss, or pocket-dialed him, as the post says. And uh, he was talking to his wife about his boss. And the boss heard him say negative things. And he didn't like it, so he, f- so he fired him. <laughs> and, uh, and now, there's a lo- there. Well, not now, but I guess, yeah, now there's a lawsuit. Um, because he continued to listen and violated his privacy.
4: Oh, that's Is it really violating your privacy? I don't know. I, th- I don't think that's going down, though, because there's no way... Like, you call someone else... You
0: sent me a message, dude, and, and I just I'm listening just listening to your yeah. message.
4: listening to the message. It does not sound like a <laughs> violation of privacy. Yeah. Um, Incompetence is not... And I don't even not... think you could say it's an um, unlawful dismissal because, it, you know, you say something <laughs> bad about someone, no one's going to want to work with you after that. <laughs> so...
0: Uh, all right let's talk about you brought it up to divindras we should talk about it both google and facebook were spanked by apple this week because they were using their enterprise certificates in a way that apple said that's that's not appropriate uh apple has restored facebook's i I imagine by now they've restored google's the problem is that uh when you disable an enterprise certificate you disable also in-house apps the, the google bus app the gps yep. app stopped working so they're just stuck there the, they couldn't go home <laughs> i can't <laughs> leave Google i people. don't know when the bus is coming <laughs> uh, so what so Devendra, you're obviously uh, up on this what what was first of all let's start with facebook what were they doing
2: mm. uh from what i'm hearing uh it was a research app um i i haven't fully covered the story but it was an internal research app And it was something where Facebook was paying people basically to give them full access to everything on their phones. $20 Um, a month. They gave
0: root network access to the Facebook for all data, not just Facebook Mm -hmm. data, but all data. All data, but they, they, were the they were told. They were told, right? They were told. And yeah, I think yeah,
4: so on the face of it, not so bad. These are 13-year-olds. Yeah. This is not yeah, fair. They okay. can't really give access. Mm. They Like, you know, if you're happy if your teen child yeah. had breakfast, like they can't make these big decisions. They don't get it. They're like 20 bucks. Even if you accept that's that, right? That's a lot right? of
2: like, gum. You yeah. could argue, like, if that's a worthy thing or not. But I, I think the, the really egregious part is that this is a continuation of something Facebook had before. It was a VPN app called Onavo. And they mm-hmm. were using that app to track user behavior and track things that were happening on their phones. They were, you know, that was swatted down. Uh, this research app is basically a rebadge of that technology, which Apple has already said no to. So this, that, is, I think, right. this, that's this is so
0: Facebook, which is yeah. you break the rules, you get caught, you apologize, then you do it again.
3: Right. Well, and what they did, I mean, and and, and partially I'm kind of happy that this whole instance happened. I obviously feel terrible for anybody who, any employees who worked at Facebook or Google who lost access to their stuff because, you know, I work at a big tech company and and we have, you know, like internal enterprise apps and and some of them are, are really important and it would be really frustrating to not have access to those things. But this has been a really common um, uh, way around the App Store for a long time that has kind of gone under the radar that hasn't had a lot of reporting around it where, you know, Apple um, won't allow certain types of applications in the App Store uh, for for whatever reasons. They say it violates, you know, uh, collection information or, you know, maybe it's a, an emulator and we we don't support this sort of thing or whatever. And so instead what happens is people get an enterprise Certificate, and you know they they pay for for one of those accounts, or, or they just get a regular dev certificate. Where you can now have even more, um, you know, testers, and they issue, you know, copies with this sort of round, you know, kind of in back channels. And people install them. They install, you know, the the certificate on their phone, and then they're able to, you know, download uh the the app directly from um the developer, and people use that as a way to you know do stuff that otherwise wouldn't be there, whether it's, you know, pirated, you know, sort of stuff or, or you know, maybe something that again, like in like in Facebook's case is rebadging an app that the app store wouldn't let in. And in some cases it might be legitimate. It might be like, I really want this SSH mm-hmm. type of scenario or, or some sort of code editor on my phone. This won't be allowed at the app store, but I can get an enterprise certificate and release it to however many thousands of people. Cool. So, so this has been happening, but nothing's been done about it. And so if anything, I'm kind of glad that this is kind of drawing attention to the fact that there is this whole shadow like right. app economy using these things. And there, and especially in other countries where, uh, you know, people have to go around things, need to get around censorship or other stuff. Like we should acknowledge that this is happening because Apple really loves to talk about how safe and, and secure its store is. And, and by the most part, it is. But this is a really easy hole, like a really easy in run around those policies
0: well that's Mm -hmm. an important point you can laud apple for uh uh, respecting privacy but the minute you put any third-party app on your iphone you're being monitored in some way or other whether it's location monitoring i mean and and you give them permission i understand but uh apple's privacy policy only extends up to the point of apple's apps and after that it's anything goes
2: well also it's it's the difference between the apps that are being available within the store and exactly. these apps that we're these talking are, about. These are far worse. I understand. Right. These are, so let me, I don't let me just. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's the thing. I, I don't. It sounds like we're getting to the point where it's like, oh, all these enterprise certificate apps are bad. No, no, not like, at all. That's, yeah, that's the way we have to. Like, when I see apps early, this is the process mm-hmm. I have to go through exactly. to see something okay. before it's on the store. Uh, there, there are certain loopholes there. It's more like, yeah, what Facebook did. And to be clear, um, this Onavo VPN I'm talking about, I covered them when they launched like several years ago, and it was a really interesting app idea because it it was supposed to be this little app that would basically compress your data and save you like cell phone bandwidth and stuff like it'll save your bandwidth cap um when facebook bought it everyone was like oh they're going to do something terrible with this and not not long after that they did something (laughs) terrible with it so Mm -hmm. this is all an example of facebook being the worst and trying to get away with being the worst like again and again
0: yeah at some point you have to
2: at some point you have to say oh this is intentional this is not yeah they
4: they keep on doing it and people like again it's like these companies too large to fail because apple's going to take a whole bunch of heat if they just cut them out and say listen we can't trust you we're going to have to check everything that you do beforehand but the worst part is facebook was was doing this got caught for it they're already i think back in i think that they've already said, okay, you're all restored to that. But they were doing this in order to catch what was the wave with the young generation and then be able to buy yeah, out what whatever doing? applications yeah. were
0: uh, yeah.
4: important Where's to be able to threat? do it so that they could, exactly. Yeah.
0: So let me, by the way, a lot of credit to John Constein and uh, and TechCrunch because they broke the story and they did a lot of great reporting on Definitely. this. Um, Constein had written, as you did, uh, Davindra, and many others about the Onavo Protect Apple uh, changed its policies uh, to prohibit the way Onavo Protect worked, so Facebook that that app was taken out of the store. Facebook took it out of the store, uh, or Apple blocked it from the store, but it was gone. It looks like, according to Constantine, they got a, they got somebody to look at the code, and the Facebook Research app is basically uh, he says it's we, we found it featured tons of similar code and references to the <laughs> Onavo Protect program, which meant Facebook was. Intentionally disobeying Apple's privacy Mm -hmm. policy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, the idea of an enterprise. No, the idea of an enterprise certificate is completely normal. Many, many companies have internal apps that they want to put on iPhones. Absolutely. In order to do that, they have an enterprise certificate. Apple certainly allows this. Uh, There also is a test flight app that you can use if you want to test Mm -hmm. apps. This is normal. And in fact, (laughs) Facebook's enterprise certificate. (coughs) <coughs> was used for the, seeing the day's lunch schedule coordinating office collaboration commutes they used it for pre-launch internal testing versions of facebook's own app and instagram so apple <coughs> which could have simply said okay project atlas which is this app is yanked you can't do it anymore instead they spanked <coughs> i'm sorry They spanked Facebook by yanking this enterprise app, knowing that this would be completely disruptive, as apparently it was.
3: Well, they revoked the certificate. I mean, in this case, again, I think you could make the argument that the only way Apple knew that they could shut down access to the app revoke the certificate. Don't they have a kill switch Mm -hmm. for the app? No, the kill switch is the certificate. The kill yeah. switch is the okay. is, is enterprise certificate, right? So honestly, the biggest mistake that Facebook made, if you're doing this, you know you're violating the App Store rules. You're using this enterprise certificate as a way to distribute apps outside the App Store, which is not the way it's supposed to be done. It's supposed to be for internal purposes, whatnot, for testing. It's not supposed to be, we have a research project and we're paying people $20 you know, a month and we're getting this information for our business. Like this is not... Like what? How you're supposed to be using these types of tools? And rather than signing up for a new enterprise account, which would have been the best thing, and having a different certificate to use it, they used their existing enterprise certificate. So you don't but think it was, it was
0: punitive on Apple's part? This was no. just their only recourse.
3: It was their only recourse. If Facebook and, and Google, when they ran the thing, had used, I mean, I, do I think it's punitive? I think, think, it punitive. Yeah, I, think sure. you,
0: I think Tim Cook I, calls Mark Zuckerberg and says, "Hey, oh, yeah. pull Project Atlas." Wrong. Yeah. You're not
3: wrong, but but I also feel like at this point, if you know, I mean, is was there some punitive stuff to it? I'm sure there was, but I think you can also make the argument that says you've already banned this type of content from your app store. You've already said this sort of thing isn't allowed. You have yeah, they spanked now.
0: them. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but, but you have proof that this is doing it. The only I'm not way saying it's inappropriate. It,
0: I'm just curious. No, I'm, did Apple I'm say, saying, all right, to the woodshed sure with you?
3: I'm sure they did, but I'm sure that, I mean, you could make the argument where they could they could, I guess, claim that they're not being punitive by saying, well, the only way we can guarantee that this isn't being used anymore is to revoke the certificate. And if that has, you know, like collateral damage with other apps that use the certificate, so be it. But you yeah. see, I would, you know? I would have, I would have went
4: after them much more strongly and been straight up like, "This is the uh, Plutonium T." You know, like, listen, sorry. You do this, you get caught, this looks bad upon us, and we're going to punish the whole system to that. Because it does, it ends up looking bad upon Apple because people don't really understand the difference between what they have on their platform. It's a really big issue, and it was really embarrassing.
0: Here's what Apple uh, told uh, TechCrunch. We design our enterprise developer program solely for the internal distribution of apps within an organization. Facebook has been using their membership to distribute a data-collecting app to consumers which is a clear breach of their agreement with Apple. Any developer using their enterprise certificates to distribute apps to consumers will have their certificates revoked, which is what we did in this case to protect our users and their data. And oh, by the way, they did it to Google too. Shortly after they did it to Facebook, they uh, TechCrunch discovered Google's ScreenWise Meter Surveillance <laughs> app, very much like the Facebook Research app, was doing the same thing Apple canceled that enterprise and that's when google's g bus program and others stopped working now this is another case of google telling people here's the here's the message you'll see the screenwise meter app collects information on your internet usage from how long you visit a site to the apps you choose it also manages your participation in a panel it's kind of like and i do this uh the the uh the google uh app to earn um, google opinion rewards program to earn mm-hmm payments, and I do that once in a while I answer a survey. <clears throat> Screenwise, like the Facebook research app was open to users as young as 13. Uh, Konstein on uh, TechCrunch says that about five percent of the users were under age of the Facebook app. Um, so it wasn't particularly aimed at teenagers, although it was 13 to 35, so it was aimed <clears throat> at younger users. and it's clearly uh, Facebook's intent to figure out what the hell are the kids doing because <laughs> because they ain't using facebook
2: yeah what is tiktok i don't know yeah, what is this tiktok why are they doing that
0: uh so google quickly uh, canceled its screenwise meter and uh apparently i don't know how long it took for uh, their enterprise certificate to come back but facebook's was turned back on in, in under two days um i think google got theirs fixed pretty quickly
3: yeah, they Facebook I mean Apple actually made a statement that they were working or maybe Google did they made a statement they were actively working with with um Apple or Google you know, they made a statement that they were working together to get things back it's up a, and running. It's a pretty um, big see,
0: stick that Apple wields though, isn't it?
3: Oh it is. I mean and, and, well, and there, there 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 are questions it's on to, to the it's you're right,
4: yeah. you, know, you expect yeah. it, right? Like you expect that. You you go against another huge company and embarrass them. You expect to kind of get hit for it, and it wasn't a big hit. Like really, within a week, you're all back up. And again, it's a lot of money when you do it, but in the large run, it's really, really tiny. Like this was okay. like I don't think it was a big stick. I,
0: don't I know. think that it was a small I don't know about I that. It's a I'm shot just, across the bow. It I, would I, be I, a shame if none that. of your employees was to know what was for lunch today. Yeah,
3: I'm, well, I'm going to I'm going to disagree just because as somebody who again I have enterprise apps. I'm sure my Microsoft phone.
0: uses this too, yes, right? Yes,
3: we do. Yes, we do. And 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 we have you know both our own you know system. Uh, we bought Hockey app, uh, which is similar to TestFlight, but obviously how that works is using an enterprise certificate, right. and that controls things like my VPN access, and that controls things like you know if I'm connecting to my corporate network on my device, and oh. that connects you know um, certain you know certain profile information, and then I have other things like certain versions of my email client or certain things that are only internal. And yes, could I get my work done without it? Of course. But it's a lot more frustrating and if stuff were just to break, I'm not going to discount the fact that if you look at the, you know, 20, 30,000 employees, you know, at each of these companies who were probably using at least one of these devices, one of these apps that now isn't working, that this isn't a big deal. Do, do I think Apple was justified in doing it? Absolutely. But but I, I, don't, I think this was a lot more disruptive than than people might think. And they might be rolling their eyes and saying, oh, well, you can't see what's, on, what's for lunch. But what if this was something that was tied to your email or was tied to you know um, some sort of uh, data entry app or some sort of other custom app that was really crucial to your day job and now you don't have access to that information. And when you do have access to it, again, you have to reinstall each app redo the certificates I mean it's it's you know people lose time and it's it's frustrating especially when the reason for this is because the company you work for decided to go around the app store rules so
0: how bad does Facebook suck I mean uh, they said no wait a minute you know uh, (laughs) this is their response key facts about this market research program are being ignored I'm gonna do this in a uh, Tony Soprano voice if you don't mind (laughs) Despite early reports, there was nothing secret about this. It was literally called the Facebook Research App. It wasn't spying, as all the people who signed up to participate went through a clear onboarding process, asking for their permission, and they was paid to participate. Finally, less than 5% of the people who chose to participate in this market research program were teens, all of them with signed parental consent forms. You said you wanted to do this. That twenty dollar gift card we was given that to you. Uh, I mean, after all, if a co- this is kind of the foundational question, if you know that a company's invading your privacy and you're willing to trade it for some benefit, whether it's a Gmail or twenty dollars, what's wrong with that?
3: Sure. Okay, that's mm-hmm. fine. But if yeah. it yeah. is to do that, you're distributing it on a platform that says you can't do this sort of thing. No, I understand. And, and, Apple
0: could know, yeah. be pissed right. off. They shouldn't have used an enterprise certificate. Is there any other mechanism, though? By which by the way, both Google and Facebook's programs are still available on Android because they don't need any permission. Uh, <laughs> I should point out you can still do it on Android. Uh, but is there... <laughs> I mean, you could also say, well, look, this is the only way we can do it on Apple. And uh, we think we should have access to people and their information. Apple says, no, you can't have any of this. Only we can have this.
2: Yeah, I think it's more due to like the the way Facebook does business too, right? I think, was it this week or recently, there was the lawsuit about uh, Facebook not doing anything to stop kids from buying, you know, things uh, from like buying in-app mm-hmm. purchases, from within mm-hmm. games, and like yeah, Facebook, the fact that like, they actively yeah, encouraged it, <laughs> just ignored it. They're like, whatever, <laughs> um, sure, let's not put any speed bumps. I think like it's that mentality, you know, that mentality of a company that would allow something like that, no matter the harm it does to its users. That's what really bothers me about Facebook. Like, uh, selling, <sighs> Twitter you know, does this selling too, data, which is not great.
0: Kind yeah. of a hands-off thing. Well, look, you know, this is uh, yeah. free speech. It's the internet. Uh, you know, people are gonna if people want to set themselves on fire. We're gonna let them. Why? It's not our job to stop them. And I, I we're kind gonna, of understand that. It I mean, I live.
3: kind of, I kind yeah, of understand yeah. that. Except, except at the same time, Facebook is not just saying, "If you want to set yourself on fire, that's fine." They're saying, "Please set yourself on fire, and we'll pay mm-hmm. you twenty dollars to, to to do it." Like <laughs> to me, that's where it kind of goes a little different. Yeah. It's like one thing to be like, "Do whatever you want." It's another thing to be like, "We're going to actively encourage you to do this thing," you know, because we want to, we want to see. We, we, we want to do a research project on on you know what temperature flesh burns. But there's I a little know. bit like, of a
0: it, uh, don't people have personal responsibility if somebody well, people do. Thirteen year olds don't. Mm-hmm. Well, they, but they got but their parents. They got have, their parents to say okay.
3: Well, let's
4: be honest, even like the the amount of media literacy that's out there right now, people don't really understand what they're selling off their information to or how far that information goes. If, you know, Facebook comes off in this cute little app that we're going to kind of track you versus some creepy guy that's staring in on my window, writing down my every single move, when you really understand how this is not as invisible as what you think it is, then maybe you could make an informed choice. But the thing is that Facebook tries to come off as this front of a cute way to change chat with people when really all they're doing is they're trying to be a conduit to influence public opinion to the highest bidder and be able to gather as much information to be able to do that as efficiently as possible. And they really don't care for what purpose or cause that is. And that really bothers me about the way Facebook goes about business. I have no sympathy to them. And really, they got handled with kid gloves. If this was a small dev that got caught, um, you know, making use of something, they'd never be seen again. They'd be buried in the back with the trash and Apple wouldn't feel bad. It is only because Facebook is so big that they can get away with unabashedly Making use of and just trying to like just destroy people's privacy, trying to hide things, being caught constantly and no one really does anything. Only now do I hear people really kind of getting upset and being like, "Ooh, Facebook is not that cute and friendly as what I thought it was. But it's taken so long. We've been talking about it in tech for a really long time. But now it's getting mainstream.
0: I think Facebook, I've come to the conclusion Facebook's pretty loathsome. But I trust Google for some reason and Google, as far as I could tell, invented this. And Sheryl Sandberg took the fire that Google invented from Google to Facebook and showed them the way. Uh, does Google get a pass? I'm on DuckDuckGo
4: for almost everything now. So <laughs> yeah. it's sad. It's yeah. not great. They even have a mapping system. It's really sad. But um, it makes me feel a little bit better. Like, uh, I'm not going to say I'm not on it for everything. So I'm.
0: I'm it's hard to get out Google. of Google. But yeah, if I've started using DuckDuckGo. I've stopped using Gmail. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm moving I'm moving towards the transition. My children are actually huge duck, duck like they're fully on DuckDuckGo and they're like, Mom, really? I'm like, oh God,
0: but that's interesting. They are more aware of privacy than you are. They just like think that's a go.
2: Are they like that's the name all. Duck? Yeah, yeah. They, they do Nothing like nuts.
4: ducks. Um, but no, <laughs> I, I they actually are are doing it for their privacy. Yeah. So like you know they. You know, I I think it was because once you get st- comfortable with something, you just don't want to change. Change is scary for us, and so you get comfortable. The same reason that Facebook survives. Facebook actually has increased in numbers. What is up, people? Why do they have they larger numbers now of people using Facebook? I don't know. Um, yeah. but yeah. I think that we just get comfortable. With, I guess all this bad press was good for them.
2: That's the <laughs> like, craziest like thing we this week. By, by the way, like our after. Vendors. After all this, like, privacy stuff, uh, Facebook's earnings were glorious, amazing mm-hmm. for them, and it was kind yeah, of depressing. Yeah,
4: they're selling yeah. off this information, I guess. That's what I'm assuming. They're like, they've made a ton of money selling all of this information, so they're this well, is not going to stop because of this. They're going to just get sneakier. That's Really, isn't that what Facebook just does? It just gets mm-hmm. better at being sneaky.
3: Well, I think the interesting thing too is that the—I mean, Google's the same way, and and you could say the same thing about Microsoft and Amazon and any of these things—is that it's really hard to cut any and Apple for sure too. Even though Apple, you know, likes to is better about certain things, you know, than other companies, it's really hard to extricate your life from any of these these big places. And and I would argue that you don't necessarily—it's not necessarily beneficial to you. Know what I mean? Like, I don't know if my life would be better if I didn't have YouTube or if I didn't have you know uh, Google Maps. Like I I actually But it think
4: would that, be better if you didn't have Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like the stats are yeah, through the yeah. roof of your levels of mm-hmm. happiness, sure. your levels of self loathing go down. I, I don't necessarily Maps, disagree maybe, maybe.
3: with maybe with maybe Facebook, but I do get some right. things out of Instagram. I do enjoy Instagram. I do appreciate for all of its many foibles, even Facebook Messenger as well, a been, way to communicate I'm, with people. I've you been know? told
0: that uh, that attitude is really First world privilege speaking. There are many countries where you have to have WhatsApp. You're
1: right. You have right. to have yeah. Facebook. Exactly right
0: uh I don't know if anybody has to have Instagram, but. Um,
4: Why would anyone have to have Facebook? Sorry, I'm just going to. It's how you well, stay no, in I'm touch. Not, I'm going to tell you uh, because don't not only. Have it, to have Facebook.
3: There are e- other ways to. We, no. we stayed in no, no, touch. No, no, no,
4: no. We stayed I in disagree. touch. There are other ways to that.
3: I disagree. I I agree with you. I think this is a first world privilege problem. I think it's easy for us to say we can not have these things because we have the money and the privilege to communicate with people in other ways. If you live in a country, for instance, WhatsApp, where this is how people communicate because the alternative would be really expensive phone systems where they charge you per SMS message and where you might have to have multiple phone services because of how how rolling systems work. And you don't have electricity Mm -hmm. all the time because of rolling outages. So you're using the internet and you're using these tools to communicate. And for for better or worse, the main methods of communication are owned by these big companies. Facebook, for instance, in, 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 the, in India, you know, refused to let them do this, but they go into places and they say, you can have access to the internet and we'll subsidize a certain amount of it. If we're going to try to, t- I'm, I'm not going to tell another person in another country that they can't mm-hmm. have access to the internet, even if it's through Facebook's browser or whatever, because Facebook is evil. But the alternative is they have no access whatsoever. Like, I'm not going to say that to someone. I'm not going to make that decision. Let's say country. That
4: real places where we're talking about first world problems, they probably can't afford to have a phone or to have internet access at all to that. So it's oh, already no, think, a huge people, issue of, in the the middle the, too. Of, the, of the digital divide. There are other ways to be able to do this. And in the end, the only way that our privacy will actually be secure is if instead of giving Facebook a slap on the hand, which is like a small fine that's really Pocket change for them would be if if they invade other people's privacy without being clear and concise with that manner would be criminal charges to that. Truly, if people, if citizens united and corporations mm-hmm. are people, then they should be tried as people as well.
2: But you know, they're acting they're acting the way that all the other big yep. corporations, all the oil companies, all the gas mm-hmm. companies, like everybody, like, that they're doing the bad things. Let's be
4: honest it's yeah. it's all wrong. Like that doesn't like I, I don't terrible. like that it's all argument terrible. to say that. You know, everyone else does it, so
3: this makes it okay. I think no, that people make you know, it okay, like yeah. but, but, but it means if you're going to hold one company to a criminal account, yeah. you should do all of them. And I don't disagree with oh, that the, in theory. I
1: agree. Yeah.
3: But yeah. I think it's hard to do. I also feel like it's hard to say again, if, as us in a position of privilege, to say what should be what other people who don't have our you know means what decisions mm-hmm. they should make. And and I and I feel also weird encroaching and and. and you know i got in an argument with 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 someone at a conference i was speaking at back in um november um, who you know was kind of talking about like we should all get rid of our, our smartphones and stop doing these things and and I said okay well what about people in other countries who their lives have been demonstrably made better because of this technology and his argument was oh well it's fine for them and I find that really condescending for us to be like well if we have the means and, and we're good enough we should get rid of this because you know it's better for our privacy and, and our means but, but people mm-hmm. who don't have access to anything else oh we should let them continue to be exploited like I feel like that's mm-hmm. I don't know I have a problem with that kind of mixed message. It's either it should be okay for everybody or it shouldn't be okay.
2: Yeah. I think the bigger problem, though, is that Facebook basically has a monopoly on social networking, Mm -hmm. on like these big groups, right? So you're going to use the service where your friends are, where your families are. I think it's easy for, you know, especially like Western uh, first world folks like to just give up on Facebook and you'll have other ways to interact. Uh, But yeah, if you're in India and everybody's on WhatsApp, you, you can't really not be there. Otherwise, you're missing out on a whole lot of like social uh, like social conversations. We need more real competition for Facebook. Like that's the biggest problem because Facebook's power is the it's a superpower. Like it has the power of Mm -hmm. a country, you know, and I think that's Mm kind of scary seeing what they do with it.
4: In some ways, they have more power than a lot of countries, and that's the thing: is these these companies are too large to fail. That's a huge problem for everyone that's out there, like all of us. That becomes a really huge problem to that, especially when they are have been caught doing such nefarious things. I think the EU has done a better job of trying to take a look into this and police that. The cutest part was when Facebook got caught with their emails, and they're like, "No, please don't read our emails; those are private." (laughs) They did anyways. Thank God. But um, I think that we need to have that discussion. I think that. We need to be going into it. And I think that we really need to take a look at, you know, how do we be able to police companies that, you know, have huge lobbyists and they end up being able to control the governments
2: that want to police them.
0: Wouldn't the best solution, kind of a non-governmental solution, and be to provide a competitor?
2: I mean, that's one thing. That would be great, right? But it's, I think time and again, what what has helped us uh, looking at across like so many other industries, how... You know, how is driving regulated? How is alcohol regulated? How are like a lot of the major yeah. things we deal with? It's it's regulation. It's it's not the solution for everything. I think it's a combination mm-hmm. of like regulation plus competition that creates it's, a healthy. It's ecosystem. hard to write a regulation for this though. How do you what is what does I that look like? I
4: don't like? know if it's
0: We're I don't started. know if it's
4: hard. I think yeah. that we need to talk about it. We need to educate people that are that are becoming lawmakers. I think that, that again
1: mm-hmm.
4: like an education in technology and how is it used and why is it used is really important because a lot of Maybe older lawmakers or people that are not that technically literate are then writing laws for this, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, And
0: and definitely, even younger people who don't know. India's choice, which I thought was very interesting, not to allow internet.org, Facebook's attempt to provide internet access to areas that were completely non served or underserved, uh, the government of India refused them that license. I was, yeah, I was told by some that it was seen almost as 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 if the Raj had come back, if the English oppressor had come back and said, it's okay, let us handle it. Because, of course, the problem with right, Internet.org yeah. was yep. it was pre- pre- pretty much just Facebook. Yes. It had Wikipedia. Yeah. But I mean, it was yeah. like, we'll, well provide you with Facebook.
3: Tra- well, and also they're tracking everything, you know?
0: I mean, right. so it's going – I thought it, that was free, interesting but- that they could do – though, that mm-hmm. they had the mm-hmm. guts to do that is yeah. telling, yeah. right?
3: <laughs> One thousand percent, especially since since Facebook, they have done things like that in, in other countries, not to the extent of what they wanted to do with Internet.org, but they do do it other places. And, you know, um, a lot of phone carriers in other countries, you'll pay a certain amount of money for access to data and the data you'll get free Facebook, but other types of data will charge money. And so that's a huge incentive, right. obviously, for people to use Facebook right. and and Facebook. I mean, it, at the time, there were a, there was a lot of incredulity that that India would turn it down. But I, I agree with you. I think it's a really ballsy move to say, yeah. "No, we're not going to allow that." And the problem with competition for Facebook is, anyone becomes
4: competition to Facebook, they just buy them out.
0: Yeah, right. Well, so, that, that's yep. where regulations or, could help. Or worse, if you if you like Evan Spiegel at Snapchat decline, <laughs> they'll drive you out. Right. Mm. Snapchat is effectively being destroyed bit by bit by facebook
3: yeah but i think that i think that a lot of that is on snapchat too
0: is it I yeah mean,
3: yes <laughs> right. i think i i think they've been then i think their product hasn't kept up i think that uh a lot of they had famously very bad you know privacy and security issues that they weren't really focusing on um and uh look did facebook blatantly copy did instagram blatantly copy stories yeah they did and, and made no qualms about it i, I Actually, kind of appreciate the honesty in that, uh, but it, but I feel like you know Snap's decline, uh, while certainly not helped by the fact that Instagram's product was a copy, the reality also is that Instagram not just copied the, the feature but made it better and continued it's to iterate tough, and do though, things that others
0: wouldn't. As Snapchat to compete against something as integrated as Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, right? And,
3: it, it absolutely is. And,
0: but, in fact, uh, according to the New York Times last week, they're planning to integrate the platforms completely so that an advertiser could buy all three, so that the information they glean from one will help the other. Uh, that is that is exactly – in fact, one uh, California legislator said this is why we should have been much more – cautious about allowing Facebook to yes. buy WhatsApp and Instagram. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, completely. I mean, I, I think that it would have been impossible to make an argument, an antitrust argument for Instagram. Um, you know, it was a billion dollars, the best billion dollars Facebook ever spent, but at the time that it launched, you know, it didn't even, I, I don't even think the Android app had officially come out yet. It wasn't even fully done when when the acquisition happened. <laughs> it was small. You know what I mean? Facebook was actually working on its own competitor that it released a few weeks after, or a few days after it bought Instagram that was terrible. Um, I, I, I remember this because I, I wrote um, a, a story in the headline with something like, you know, Facebook, whatever, proves why Instagram is worth a billion
0: dollars. <laughs>
3: um, and well, it's happened know. again,
0: by the way, Instagram TV, a uh, Facebook. Totally. Uh, Completely. <laughs> Facebook Watch. Remember that? This was yeah, their YouTube exactly. competitor. E- so. Exactly.
3: Yeah. But what I mean, though, is that like, so, so you're not wrong, but I think that Instagram, I, well, but I was going to say that it was like Instagram. I don't think there was any antitrust. Thing at all, no. but I, I do think that for WhatsApp, when you know when you're spending twenty billion dollars, yeah. and a big reason they spent twenty or billion was because Google. Well, no, because Google was going to buy it, and they had to outbid Google. I mean, that should have been looked at with a lot more scrutiny when you looked at the overlap that Facebook Messenger, which hadn't been separated in the same way, and was already gearing up to compete with WhatsApp before they even bought the the product. Like I, I think the lawmaker is right. That's when. The time for, for some of these things was has passed us, and and if we want to prevent this sort of consolidation in the future, and this sort of you know overarching stuff in the future, then then you have to look at when when you're approving M um, and A stuff, you know. But nobody nobody cared uh, when it yeah. happened, and, and it, it or didn't through. understand and, it. Yeah, and they didn't. Yeah, they
4: didn't have enough knowledge to be able to make a, a viable argument, and and. Discuss that properly and I think that that's a problem with a lot of the lawmakers that are out there. They just don't understand enough to be able to make really good laws and good arguments when they're up there looking at it and taking a look. And again, Facebook pays them a lot of money. Like if you take a look at how much money Facebook has given to different people in the government, it's a lot of their money. And there's a reason for that.
0: Let's take a break. Great panel. You guys are fantastic on fire today. Georgia Dow, from uh, I guess senior editor I'more, right? I could I could say that.
4: Yeah, I, I, yeah, sometimes right, some sometimes
0: once in a while. Also, anxiety videoscom and we just love having you on, Georgia. It's great to see you. Thank you. Also adore Christina. It's wonderful. to have Christina Warren, senior cloud developer advocate at Microsoft. You've known her as Film Girl. She's also within. What shows do you do? You do uh, that great show. Uh, yeah, do rock with Rocket with Rocket with Simone Unre- and uh, um, the Brianna. former the former candidate for Congress Brianna Wu. Although Brianna says she's still running, right?
3: No, no, she's running for twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Here comes 2020, Brianna.
0: Yeah. Twenty twenty. Uh, that's a great show. Rocket on Relay.fm. And in fact, you're all podcasters. You're all podcasters. Devendra yeah. Hardware slash Film. He's the f- and senior editor in gadget. By the way, I don't yeah. think I mentioned. It's funny, I I don't think I mentioned any of your actual titles earlier, so I'll give you you credit now. But we just love having you on, uh, all three of you. You're always great. On fire today. Always fun. Our show today brought to you by Thousand Eyes. This is a brand new sponsor and one I'm so happy to be on because I really think Thousand Eyes offers a solution that a lot of you don't even know exists. If you run a network, if you... Uh, are online, I'm not, this is not a consumer product, this is a business product, but if you have an online presence and stuff goes wrong, it's often impossible to figure out where it's going wrong. And I think many of us just say, well, we'll never know. What's (laughs) going, what's happening in the network? It's a puffy little cloud. I don't know. Thousand Eyes knows. With Thousand Eyes, you get an immediate unmatched view of all the network's all the dependencies that impact your user's digital experience. The problem is they should have named it a million eyes because it isn't a thousand. It's many hundreds of thousands of sensors at every point on the network from the edge on in that can tell you exactly where your traffic is and where it's going and what's going on. As we, as we move to the cloud and I think cloud is so great for business. So many people are moving to the cloud there are a lot of benefits to the cloud. You gain in agility, but you increase in risk. You, you lose some control. And, and as, as as I said, it's kind of mysterious sometimes. When your cloud or app or service goes down, do you know really what's going on? As you scramble to find the root cause of the problem, you're losing revenue. Your employee productivity goes down. Your brand is damaged You need Thousand Eyes. You need instant visibility into the entire service delivery path from the cloud to your end user, including the portions you don't own or control. I think I am kind of on a mission because I am a believer in Thousand Eyes. I know these guys well, uh, and I think you need to know about them. It's unlike anything you've seen before. It's cloud-based software built to help organizations like yours do the cloud right. A massive array of vantage points spanning the global internet everywhere china to cloud providers even the wi-fi in your local coffee shop this is not passive old school it monitoring which basically lives in a silo can only see inside the data center thousand eyes unique path tracing technology expands beyond boundaries allowing you to see understand and improve the experience for all your apps services and websites Regain control, ensure the best possible digital experience for your customers, employees. You've got to find out about Thousand Eyes. Big banks know about it. SaaS companies, enterprises, the world's largest, fastest growing brands, rely on Thousand Eyes to do the cloud and do it right. But maybe you don't know about it. That's why I'm on a mission. Visit Thousand Eyes, all spelled out, T H O U S A N D E Y E S dot com slash twit to see what you've been missing. They're offering right now a handy book that everybody should have if you're thinking about Cloud migration. Five cloud migration challenges you shouldn't ignore. Uh, but there is a lot of data on the site. Uh, which I just did an event with them that was just fantastic uh, about where traffic from the big cloud providers gets stopped, where it gets slowed down. They know all this stuff. ThousandEyes.com slash twit. Visit ThousandEyes.com slash twit. ThousandEyes lets you thrive in a connected world. You're going to hear more about them on uh, on our shows in the future because I'm kind of a thousand eyes buff a fan uh i didn't mention this but i should probably mention it that uh you know and it's funny because we've been just saying how oh government needs to step in facebook uh facetime's bug will be investigated by the new york attorney general letitia james and governor andrew cuomo they oh, want they yeah see this is see but no, we just were saying oh i know yeah. what well, we do because yeah. we, they,
3: we i but, think with this but your reaction
0: is exactly right oh god
3: well, no, because we need, we need literacy, standard. right? Like, I, th- I, th- yeah. I think to George's
0: uh, initial point, which
3: is that we need more literacy across, you know, legislators about tech. We need better tech well, literacy. I think so that they, inc- people so like they investigate the right things. People
0: like Alexandra uh, o- Ocasio Cortez and other new young legislators coming in and more all the time. I mean, she, it's to see her use social media, she gets it, she understands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think but, we need more she's people one like of her. The few.
4: We need yeah, a lot more.
0: Well, we will. I think this is a process. Remember, my other issue, I think governments never been designed to move as fast as industry. That's intentional. Sure. Absolutely. What, what what the worst thing in the world would be a super efficient government. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> right? <laughs> the the founders knew that. That's why we have three competing branches. There's oversight. I mean, it's intentionally deliberate. Mm-hmm. which means it's a little bit of a mismatch to a very fast-moving world. Not just, by the way, not just infotech, but gen- get ready for the genetic revolution.
2: Yeah.
0: it's going to be rough. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. think they don't understand, you know, mm. bits and bites, wait
2: till it gets to mm. DNA and CRISPR. And, and by the way, in that respect, I, I know we roll our eyes when we see, you know, government uh, investigating something like this. This was still a serious flaw. Yeah. I still think like sure. it's worth it's worth the New York State taking a look at this and just being like uh doing the rundown, seeing how this happened and how Apple didn't notice. I have no problem with that. We should be doing this for every security flaw, for every data breach. Um I'm still like reeling what was the uh the widespread one that was shutting down uh WannaCry. Like after all the WannaCry stuff mm-hmm. too, which revealed that hospitals uh, across the UK just had bad IT and that left them vulnerable to a lot of this. Like Those are those are problems we could fix. Like those are like, well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think like regulation is the fix for everything. But I think like ensuring that a company is keeping their software up to date, you know, is securely patched uh, as much as an OS maker has available. Like I think that sort of thing should be standardized. And if somebody is involving that should be punished for it. Because otherwise, yeah, you have secure, you have critical systems like hospitals that could go down because somebody forgot a Windows update.
0: Did you see? This was actually it's old news, but I I just saw it. Mondelēz, which was bit by Petya, the big food company, uh, had insurance with Zurich. Zurich said, "Oh no, not Petya! The ransomware was an act of war. You're not covered. You're not covered." Mondelez is suing uh, Zurich Insurance Group uh, for $100 million in damages. It is an act of war, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, it was launched against, uh, the, you know, uh, the world by na- national actors. Of course, the technology came from the NSA. <laughs> uh, Secure oh, your system. Uh, everyone. <laughs> wow. That'll be an interesting lawsuit to follow. Speaking of court uh, actions... On Friday, oral arguments, um, very important oral arguments, in a lawsuit challenging the repeal of net neutrality. The United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit uh, is hearing these arguments. The plaintiffs in the suit, led by Mozilla, yay, Mozilla, you go, Mozilla. For real. And supported by 22 state attorneys general, say the FCC lacked a sound legal reason for scrapping. The title to regulations uh the government will argue it's expected according to the new york times that the rules were repealed because of the burden they provide they imposed on broadband providers like verizon and comcast uh i'd be very interesting to hear the arguments and uh, see what happens <laughs> this is not gonna be a quick battle this will go for years no doubt
2: I think like with uh, by the way, like 5G is kind of a bigger thing, like our all the Huawei stuff right now is centered mm-hmm. around 5G and 5G infrastructure. and I think now that this conversation is happening in the government, maybe more people are paying attention to what this future infrastructure is and what it means and where it comes from. Uh, maybe now they'll pay more attention to net neutrality and what that means too.
0: Let's talk about Huawei, because the <laughs> the news is uh, bad. The United States has continued to prosecute the Huawei vice president, who's currently in Canada but is being held to, uh, for extradition, for uh, spying. There's a Polish Huawei executive who's been arrested in Poland for spying. Um, Huawei, which is a Chinese maker of... It's the number two, although it goes back and forth with Apple. I think they're number three mm-hmm. this week, uh, manufacturer of smartphones after Samsung. So it's it's, it's uh, Samsung, Apple, Huawei. Sometimes Apple is third, sometimes second. Um, so they're a big – this is a big Chinese company founded by a former member of the Chinese military. Um, and the government, the U.S. government is saying uh, – has already told uh, two of the big U.S. carriers, I think um, – Verizon and AT&T, they cannot, they may not Mm -hmm. use Huawei gear in their 5G network. What? uh, This is, I just, I find this uh, fascinating. This is a very difficult challenge because no one else is making 5G 5G gear as good as Huawei, as well as Huawei, as inexpensively as Huawei.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. That's why we need that competition. But like this cuts deep, right? This cuts back to the the cyber, the sort of like cyber Cold War we've been having Mm -hmm. with China and a lot of other countries for the past decade. You know, this goes way, way back. And I think the main worry now with Huawei is that, uh, yeah, is this just another arm of the Chinese government trying to just have its tendrils there, maybe not actually doing things, but having the capability to read data if they wanted to or have a certain amount of knowledge around what's happening around the world? That's a, it's a legit fear. I um, was, I was yeah. skeptical. I wasn't clear because I like Huawei gear, to be honest.
0: It's yeah, nice. I, have a love, yeah. I,
3: have, I have a Huawei laptop, so I really. That Mate, the Mate 20 Pro. is great. Awesome.
0: The Mate Pro, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I love their phones. So I was a little, I thought maybe they're a victim in the U.S.-Chinese trade war. But now my mind has a little bit been changed. The uh, U.S. unsealed the indictments against uh, the Huawei um Chief financial officer is being held in Canada, Meng uh, Zhou. And among the accusations, prosecutors say Huawei stole trade secrets, including technology, behind a robotic device T-Mobile used to test smartphones. Tappy. Huawei engineers secretly took photos of the robot, measured it, and tried to steal a piece of it from the lab. Okay, well, maybe. Maybe. Um, there is no allegation in the unsealed documents that Huawei is working at the behest of the Chinese government.
3: Right. However. I mean this was interesting is that this is slightly different than some of the ZTE scandals um you know where where there was you know ZTE which is another Chinese uh uh manufacturer and and they're often conflated with Huawei because they make similar things and have had similar accusations against well, them the US ZTE Department may- of
0: Commerce uh, they should right. both ZTE and, and Huawei. So. right
3: right right exactly. But, but, but in ZTE's case I think there was actually some like direct allegations to saying that their network equipment was was spying or could potentially be spying whereas this seems to be more about like are they you know capturing secrets or this or that. Um what's actually interesting and it hasn't been got it hasn't had as as much traction but I I um work with it, a number of Canadians who used to work um you know worked in the Canadian telecom industry for a long time and What's sort of a kind of an interesting wrinkle to, you know, the whole fact that the the arrest happened in Canada is that a lot of people from the Nortel days in Canada have are, are angry uh, about what would they you know perceive of Huawei's role in uh, in, in the downturn of uh, you know the the, the fall of, of Nortel. So, interesting.
0: Australia is- has banned Huawei gear from its five G uh, rollout. Um the Department of Defense bl- bans both Huawei and ZTE from U.S. military bases. Mm-hmm. Britain says – British Telecom says they're going to strip Huawei equipment from its 4G network by 2021 and won't use it in 5G core. But see, this is the issue. It's everywhere.
3: Right, exactly. It's like, well, who do you go to? I guess like you have Ericsson um but who else and you have intel maybe but like who else do you have who even makes yeah. some of this stuff um i'm not as familiar as vendor do you know cuz i nokia, know ericsson, nokia and ericsson
0: are two nokia, big yeah too big providers ericsson, yeah. of course they're yeah. in scandinavia so maybe mm-hmm. Maybe the Finns like us. I don't know.
2: And this year at CES, Intel was saying, we want to be everywhere. We want to be in all the the pieces because they missed out on mobile completely, right, by not powering the iPhone. So I think right now Intel's like, we don't want that to happen ever again. So there's going to be a big push by Intel. Who knows how well that works out. But they've been pushing, uh, like, modems. They've been doing LT modems. And that's worked out well for them so far. Qualcomm has
0: has reached a licensing agreement with Huawei a couple of days ago. (laughs) Uh, Interesting. Well, but this
3: is my question: Like, how much of this do we think is 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 there any sort of like xenophobia involved in yeah, this? Yeah, you,
0: know, you know, taking pictures of Tappy the T-Mobile robot doesn't sound like uh, cyber espionage.
2: But it, it was because they were talking about either purchasing it or licensing it, and it's that that is what that is what stealing is, right? Like they took that idea, oh. they took photos, like yeah, they, they stole that. Tech.
0: Companies do that. I, I mean, uh, okay, it's wrong.
2: It's, it's wrong. illegal.
0: Yeah, but it is not a national
2: security threat, or it, I mean, is it? I don't think it, it is. Well, it's because it's a Chinese company doing that to a U.S. company, and there, are, I think there are a lot of reports about U.S. companies like visiting <sighs> and trying to partner with some Chinese companies. All of a sudden, their tech. Uh, there were some really good. I think it was like uh, All Things Considered had a good chat with uh, with some folks. I about listened this. to that. There's a guy who wrote yeah. a book
0: about this, and it was mm-hmm. interesting. Look, it's clear what the threats could be. If you have, yeah. ch- if your network is built on uh, – your infra- network infrastructure is built on gear from a company controlled by the government of China, and it doesn't mm-hmm. even have to be currently controlled because sure. it is a Chinese company. At some point, the government could say, OK, fine, thank you. We'll take over from here or we'd like access to that network. So that's legitimate. There's both industrial espionage threats and national security threats because – if that if our if our entire if we start to rely on five G infrastructure, our entire autonomous fleet is using five G to communicate, and all of a sudden the Chinese government flips a switch and it stops working. That's not good. Sure. That's cyber war.
4: It isn't. There's a lot of pressure on Canada to ban Huawei. We're I think not, Canada has. Have yet, it?
0: Oh, they haven't. No, yet. Okay.
4: they have not. There's a lot of pressure on them too. Um, because, you know, again, there's a lot of like the the big five are are kind of looking at us as well, because if our infrastructure has Huawei, like you go through us to be able to get Mm -hmm. information anyways. So that kind of compromises everyone else um, to be able to deal with it. But, you know, Huawei's already said like they deny that they're spying for the Chinese government um, or that they are using their technology for spying in any way. They didn't say that they couldn't. Or right. that they wouldn't, which is like mm-hmm. also they were not really strong in their statements to that. And in Canada, they're still looking into it and they're going to make a decision dependent on um, what they they find for, for security. Like we're lucky, Trudeau actually has a good knowledge of um, technology and how it's used. And he do, did hire a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. that work in the government that really are in the field, like the agriculture minister actually in agriculture so um we're <laughs> hoping that we'll actually get some good yeah. answers to that nice humble there brag are-
2: georgia Very Yeah, nice. yes, seriously
4: <laughs> so
3: congratulations
2: so you're, you're, the, uh, you're, so great you're you great for you
3: actually know what they're doing congrats
0: <laughs> yeah show off <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the, the 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 person that uh was on fresh air is named david sanger he's a uh a tech a security correspondent for the new york times and has written a book um, about cyber warfare called The Perfect Weapon. So his point, which was kind of interesting, is that these switches that Huawei is selling are basically not hardware. They're software. Mm-hmm. So if in the old days when switches were hardware, a company could buy them and presumably in- inspect them in such a way to make sure that they were safe. But the problem is it's software. Not only is it software, it's software is updated fairly regularly. So yeah. there's there's no way to mm-hmm. be sure that that software at some point won't be modified in such a way that it could be dangerous. There's just yeah. no way and to guarantee that. how do you put
4: that. any safeguards in place to be able to deal with that? Right. Yeah.
0: So but it's it gets, not, it's it, not it, hardware. It's, 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 it's important to understand. It's not just right. the, don't put that hardware in there. It's the software that's the real concern.
3: And, and I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think that's a valid concern. I guess the only thing I would push back on is, is you could make that claim about any provider, right? Well, that's um, right. And, uh, right. I mean, so you know, a little so, bit so, of
4: it is probably because it's China versus yes. the U.S. got caught doing exactly the same thing. They were a big enough company. They might get a pass on it.
3: Right. Right. And it, which, which I guess is kind of my point, which is that I don't doubt that there yeah. are real concerns. I just yeah. wonder in some cases how much there is a, a xenophobic component and an anti-China component exactly. that may not be warranted. And that bothers me exactly. if I mean totally like, mm-hmm. yeah, like that bothers me. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Uh, that's I, that's 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 where my unease comes from. Exactly, Christina, is this a, a a product of xenophobia and trade war, or is is I mean, there certainly is legitimate root cause for concern. Uh, I don't know. Is is Erickson? I guess Erickson. We can trust them because. They're not from right. China. That's
3: what I'm saying. Well, But, right, See, that's that's the thing. It's like, are we putting the same scrutiny against right. Ericsson, against Nokia, and against others that we're doing here? I think we should, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think yeah. that, that we should. But if we're not, then we need to start, we need to discuss and have a real conversation about why. And, and when we're talking about holding people and, you know, uh, arresting people in different countries and extraditing them, you know, again, like, you need to have, in my opinion, very, very good reasons for that,
0: you know? All right, let's take a little uh, break. We've lots more to talk about, including a DNA company giving its data to the FBI. <laughs> but first, a word from. So, as long as we're talking cybersecurity, Sophos. We, we use Sophos here. Everybody loves Sophos. Many is the time I've told people uh, use Sophos's online scanner to check your system. Sophos understands that it is a battle between the Black Hats and us, and it is a seesaw battle, and the, and the hackers are getting smarter all the time. That's why Sophos Cybersecurity uses machine learning, they call it deep learning, to interpret data and respond to threats better than any, any network protection can. Hardware and software, Sophos recently ranked number one by an independent security test done by SE Labs with the best protection ratings across the board, both for large enterprises and small businesses. It's why we use Sophos here. They have actually now done something kind of interesting, and I've been using it, and I find it very, very fascinating. They took the same deep learning software technology they're using in these big enterprises now, and they've made a premium version available for home users for Mac and PC. It's called Sophos Home. And it is, it's not an antivirus. It's something so much more sophisticated. It delivers real-time protection from the latest ransomware attacks, malicious software, hacking attempts, and more. Very easy to use. Always up to date. It's f- the first time I've ever seen anything that's faster than the bad guys. It's up to date faster than the bad guys because it's cloud-based. And, oh, I love this feature. And I know some of you are responsible for family and friends And their security, it's a cloud-based protection you can use to keep your relatives secure no matter where they are, even if they're thousands of miles away. You can remotely manage their security, clean up threats, keep them safe. One account can protect all the Macs and PCs in your home and your family, too. It's easy to use, whether you're just securing a single laptop or managing the security of multiple devices around the world, because that's Sophos. That's That's how they work in enterprise, and that's how they work with Sophos Home. Sophos tagline is security made simple and that's exactly what you're gonna get you're gonna you work with your browser there's no you know it's a browser interface so you start securing your systems right now whether you're a large enterprise or a home user Sophos S O P H O S has you covered some of the largest businesses in the world use Sophos to protect their systems from ransomware Third-party reviewers consistently rank Sophos among the best cybersecurity providers. And I love it that synchronized security means you manage all your Sophos products from a single cloud-based console for your family as well as for yourself. Get a free trial right now of Sophos Home at Sophos.com. Actually, you can also go there and get that security scan, too. And we've always recommended that as a great way of making sure your system is up-to-date and safe. Sophos.com. Great product so uh you're gonna we're gonna have to tease the facts out on this one because it's it's not clear you may remember the golden state killer case which was a long cold case uh, uh, serial killer never caught him until the feds uh, went to a database a dna genetic database run by family tree dna now at the time, this didn't bother me when I read about this, because what had happened was relatives of the guy they eventually arrested, but this happened fairly recently, had posted, they had had DNA tests done, posted their data on the forum in an attempt to find other family members. The feds apparently were scanning through the forum. They had the DNA of the Golden State killer. They just didn't have a suspect. They noticed the similarity, and they actually were able to f- f- track down the relatives, say, Tell us about other people in your family. And they actually arrested the guy, which is uh, remarkable. As Portland Police tied a, this is a 40-year-old case. So they arrested him. This was in April. But what we've now learned since is something more disturbing. See, that didn't bother me. That was voluntary, right? People put their DNA information up. So you're putting it public, you know, the FBI uses it. That's fine. What we're finding now is Family Tree DNA is also providing this access to people who haven't posted it publicly. Mm-hmm. The company, uh, which was one of the first, I think th- they say they were the first to offer a direct consumer test kit, told BuzzFeed News on Thursday that they have a relationship with the FBI, that they will help law enforcement agencies solve violent crimes faster than ever not a contract but and this is the thing that is disturbing the firm has agreed to test dna samples upload the profiles to its database on a case-by-case basis they've been doing it since the fall and they say that uh you know the only way to stop this if you are a family tree dna customer is to turn off family sharing that by Saying I want to find other relatives, you are giving them permission to share this information with law enforcement. Of course, if you're doing family tree DNA, that's the entire point of it. Right. <laughs> it, 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 finding possible relatives through DNA testing. So family tree says you, if you opt out of any familial man, man, matching, notice no no FBI in there. Any familial matching, then we won't be able to. We won't. The FBI won't be able to search your files. But if you say, oh, yeah, I'm looking for family members, that also means the FBI can look through your stuff. What do you think?
3: I think this it's is a, yet another reason why no one huge should problem. give these things. No one should give these things as gifts. You know, like every year.
4: like, oh, am <laughs> sorry. That give, is true.
3: Give
0: you yeah, 20, 20, no, but give, give you a 23andMe. Okay. You first think? of all, 23andMe is a sponsor. But that I'm not, that's not going to keep me from saying this. But I think I think there's I a mean, lot of value in genetic in this in this direct to consumer DNA testing, right. but you should only do it with a company that says explicitly no one's going to get this information except you. Right.
4: But the the problem, and Alex in the chat room actually mentioned it, is that these companies don't fall, cover any HIPAA kind of covered entities. And so you don't have the same kind of legal protection. And even if they say they're not going to cover it, if, you know, the FBI comes after them and says, listen, we want this information. We know for some reason this person's come to you. It becomes one of these really big issues to that. And I think that that Christine is absolutely right. Like you give this as a gift to someone else. It might not be that much of a gift unless you think they've committed
0: <laughs> well, a crime and made you want to send it on purpose. May a culpa, but I have my entire family, my wife, uh my kids, my mother, my father, her, my wife's mother and father have all done uh the, I th- I think most of us did 23 and me. I've done 23 me and Helix, both of which were sponsors. Actually 23 me is still a sponsor in the ratio. Um, you know, I've done a, I I like the stuff I get from it. Um so, what do we need? Some sort of HIPAA? Do we need? Yes. What do we need? Yeah, we need a lot more yes. more than what we yes. have. All right, and let me <laughs> play devil's advocate. Look, if you didn't do anything wrong, oh
2: please, oh, <laughs> oh my god, this is how the this, national this, database yeah. of DNA starts.
4: <laughs> yeah, this could be used like for like like insurance companies, and we can talk about yep. insurance companies. Well, that's different.
2: I agree. But
1: if
4: means, if, you know, but if this, if, is, if, this how if, is how it starts, CEO. Is, this, this could be used against you in many different ways versus the benefits. and you, you heard about the twins, two twins ended up doing mm-hmm. their DNA for their genetic ancestry, and they only yep. test one percent of the bloody DNA. so they ended up getting ancestry of like being in two different parts, and they are identical twins, so their DNA is identical. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, they got to completely well, divergent. There's a
0: lot so there, that, that CBC so, story was kind of BS. I, of I, I want to say before you go on. That CBC story was BS. Um, that's ex- it was statistically exactly in line with what you'd expect. Because, but what people don't understand is that that these DNA tests are not in fact testing every every strand and comparing head to head. What they do is they take your DNA and they compare it to a statistical sample. And within that limitation, this is exactly. Uh, but
4: but again, that correct. shows how But people need to understand from, that
0: Yeah, 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 I understand It's
4: not really giving you what you think that you're getting from that they're, they're hoping to find out where they're For them, they were trying to find out where their Ancestry was from And that and this is, at 1% of your DNA It's like truly nothing So you end up with an idea that is Inaccurate for what you're getting And you're giving up your DNA
3: Yeah, and I, I would say that even, even if that You know, because I think that, that the stuff will get better, and even if you were if, to put that aside. If you
0: look, I mean, this is the CBC yeah. story, and you look at the statistical results that they got, they're pretty damn close. There's some little, I mean, it's nitpicky. But, this, uh, but I think if people think, oh, no, this is an exact science, they're going to be disappointed right. by the results. But it's sure. not. It's but, a statistical database. The bigger database.
3: thing that's is, it's is, is, is creating a database yeah. of people's DNA. Like, that to me yeah. is the bigger So that's,
0: thing. okay, right. So, yes. but no, I, I think what George is saying, and and I, I, I respect that, is you're not getting that much and you're giving up everything. Yes. Right. Yes.
3: And I think it should also be pointed out that when we've shown this, this has happened before, where... You—it's not about you have nothing to hide. It's that you know DNA can be transferred a, a, across things. People have found DNA where people have never been in locations right. before, and now all of a sudden you have a database well, of individuals, mm. and you can have people framed or and you for know sure, uh, convicted of crimes.
0: I wouldn't be able to get if if uh, if if I had the APOE gene, which is a marker. Not a, by the way, and this is the other problem mm-hmm. with this. People often say, "Well, you got APOE, there you're going to get Alzheimer's." No, no, no. But that is there. There is a relationship, a statistical relationship between that marker and Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. If an insurer then said, "Well, for what? I don't care. I'm not going to give you insur- long-term care insurance." Right.
3: Exactly, that would Which be bad. Is, yeah, no, yes. totally. And and I mean, this is where this all starts. So, I mean, to me, it's it's hugely problematic. On the other
0: hand, the insurance companies say, "Yes, but by doing so, we're we're reducing the cost of insurance for all of you." Oh, please. That's the same thing that the, <laughs> the
4: insurance companies even say snipper. about like yours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They lie. They're just saying that because they want the information to it. And insurance companies are not there to help you out. I'm sorry. They're there to make profit. And so the more people they can say no to, the nice people get fired from insurance companies. And the more people that they can say no to, they actually have a quota to that. Then that's how they get move up in the company. So mm-hmm. okay, you know, but- even on using it on your watch, they're like, you know what, if you're healthy and doing all of these things, you'll have less chance of needing to use the insurance company, which is true, this, but you end up finding out you have some sort of arrhythmia and they find out they could also say, you know what, actually now that's no longer
0: covered. But, but but thanks to Family Tree DNA, this guy who killed 13 people, raped more than 50 people, committed over 100 burglaries 40 years ago, has finally been caught.
4: You know, there I, that doesn't fly with me because there is a backlog of Rape kits that are out there that have never been looked at, where they have all of the DNA there that the government could test, and they choose not to. So, when you mm-hmm. get through all of those for murders and for rape and other violent crimes, then you can talk to me about needing to go to. Uh, well, maybe that's DA's what the FBI is
0: doing. Maybe they're using. Maybe they're going through those old rape kits and going through the the data, the uh, the, the the database, the family tree DNA database, just to see what they could find. Would that be bad?
4: Yes. Yes, because you're, yeah. it's, it's bad for the greater good to that. We still need to have – privacy is still important to everyone. And, yes, it feels good to be able to say, well, you know, we've stopped this one bad guy. Right. But it should not be the, at the cost of the many.
0: And uh, I, yep. at this point, you'd probably be wise to
2: consider <laughs> whether you want to do one of these, right? <laughs> it's basically the minority report problem, right? Like here's a perfect system mm-hmm. for predicting crime exactly. except – How can Mm -hmm. this be used badly? And I love that movie because by the end, the solution is like, oh, I guess we kind of have to let crime happen again. I I don't know. Like there's no easy answer, but we need to have Mm -hmm. educated, smart people within these fields to really start asking these questions now because, yeah, we're seeing all this building up.
3: At the very least, I think you need to have regulations. Like we, we yeah. you know, and it, like it, I'll roll my eyes about you know the the uh, the state of New York uh, looking into the FaceTime bug, mm-hmm. but this is the sort of thing where you need HIPAA, where you need other sorts yeah. of regulations. It mm-hmm. needs to be yeah. done very seriously because you're potentially talking about yes, you could maybe catch a killer, which is great, but you could also conceivably ruin people's lives. Right. And and someone could be you know put in jail for something that they didn't do, and that's not a, a far out thought. You know, like the, well, that, this, and, the implications here just, are, are really, really dangerous. It's Not
0: just DNA. I mean, face recognition technology Absolutely. we know has a high rate mm-hmm. of false positives.
3: Exactly, and and we already have you know databases for things like that. I mean, I I feel annoyed enough with myself that I that I use Clear the uh, the, the the service to get through. They've airport got your security. iris. I know they have my, iris and my fingerprints and I'm, I'm mad at myself, but mm-hmm. again, yeah, I, but I'm in airports so often that, you know, and, and I'm a, I also have global entry. So, you know, I'm already in a database, but it's, you know, just one other thing where, where you do worry about, okay, this is a private sector thing, controlling these things and governments are using there this to track things huge, back and, forth
0: and it's bothersome. There's huge benefit to DNA testing. Uh, Women who have the BRCA gene, Mm -hmm. for instance, Mm -hmm. that can be very, if done properly, by the way, the BRCA tests by most of these uh, consumer DNA tests are not very useful. But if you went to your physician, got a prescription and got a real BRCA genetic test, that is hugely valuable information. Uh, It's at that point protected by HIPAA. So I think the key is to extend the privacy protections of HIPAA to these DNA tests. Mm-hmm. Why not?
2: Yeah. Why yes. It just makes life a lot harder for these companies, but it should it be does. harder for these it companies. Does. The companies don't, don't
4: want to and they don't have to. They're making a lot yeah. of money
0: by not exactly. having to do it. Well, it's expensive. Remember, I'm the consuming. FDA They'd went to 23andMe and said, you can't make that. You cannot uh, make these health tests recommendations right. shut down twenty three and me they went through a long process went back and forth twenty three and me got at the point where the FDA said okay we'll now give you approval and they do have approval for it yes which why I think can't is that happen that should happen I think
3: that should I think that should be the requirement I mean I think you, you pointed out I mean I think both Devendra and Georgia said like the reason this doesn 't happen is because by making them be responsible for HIPAA requirements, and they would have to be, you know, uh, classified as as a medical. They should you be. This is, I agree. Because I you.
0: don't want I don't want people not to do DNA testing I, because they're I worried the FBI you. is going to arrest their, I, I, their 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 cousin. I agree.
3: You. I agree with you. What I'm saying, though, is that that makes it harder for these startups and, and these companies to scale. But I think 23andMe, I think that's a great point is that they you know, were, were faced with that critique. And rather than shutting down, they went through the, the, the loops, the, the the hoops. And I almost feel like if you're in this space, look, it's great. Uh, the disruption is great, but you need to follow the same rules that any other medical company would follow. And just yeah. simply saying, well, we're tech. Uh, we can break things. I mean, that's how well, things Apple like Well, Apple got, got approval
0: for their ECG. Yes, uh, they did. Uh, according to a new FDA uh, mm-hmm. regulation system that allows precisely for high speed approval of technological devices, they've it's not been proven safe and effective, but but mm-hmm. it, but it used this
2: special regulation. I'm also thinking of like uh, Theranos too. Like it's uh, yep. they didn't they didn't go through the FDA. I think there was like a loophole where no, they, a loophole they where they didn't have to. So. Yep. Yeah, these are all things we need to fix because uh, they could have been a really interesting company, but we could have also stopped them much earlier if somebody just took a look at their tech and was like, hey, Well, well
3: it could have been an interesting company that wasn't all the lie, but
2: yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would be interesting, it would have had to not have been a complete <laughs> lie from the beginning, but right. yes, yes. Uh, the, yes. The, the, the idea was certainly interesting.
0: It, it is and interesting been, that because the FDA overhauled this uh, process for medical devices because of Apple and mm-hmm. because of demand and made it easier... Um, so that's, that's the, there's been this demand to do that Mm -hmm. so that we can do this because we want to, because tech moves fast and we don't want these slow, expensive processes to hold us back. But then there's the other side of it. Well, there's a good reason for this to be (laughs) slow and expensive.
4: Yeah. The only, the only problem is even once, you know, if, if they get covered by HIPAA, like think about a data breach for your Mm -hmm. DNA, right? You can change your credit card numbers and your passwords. You can't, change your DNA. And once that's out there and it's known fact, then insurance companies can say it's a known fact and it's no fault of your own and it's been covered by anything. So even with that, there's still a discussion to be made.
0: Yeah, I tried to do, they actually didn't accept me, but uh, some years back there was a project uh, that was started in 2005, the Personal Genome Project, which I think was a great benefit to mankind. I think it was out of Harvard.
1: Yeah, and no, I, yeah, I you know applied for this. You had yeah. to pay
0: like 1500 bucks because this was back when DNA testing was mm-hmm. very expensive. And what they said at the time was, look, we're going to collect all your DNA. We're going to actually, you're going to fill out long questionnaires about your medical history, your health history, your family health history. And we do not promise to keep this private. In fact, we're going to identify it with your name because we know we can't keep it private. Uh, people like Esther Dyson who did this said, yeah, this is good. Uh, and I I said, yeah fine, have have my name. They never made a promise of privacy because they said that's going to be impossible. It will get out. So, participants are invited to publicly share the genomic and trait data in an integrated, publicly accessible format. But you have to sign a fairly significant waiver. <laughs> it's not anonymous. The risks of participant reidentification are addressed up front as an integral part of the consent and enrollment process. Neither anonymity nor confidentially confidentiality of data is promised. Period. <laughs> Uh, and actually, I would would have been happy to be accepted. I don't know why they didn't take me, but uh, <laughs> I that's that's the difference. That by doing that, I'm and Esther Dyson and the people who've done it are giving to society. And totally,
3: and and it's up front about it, right? Like I think that's completely different. That's a completely different thing to me than than saying you we're going to connect you with family members. Yeah, but we're not going to let you know about these other things yeah, that, that well, might we, we happen.
0: Yeah, we, we, we don't know anything about know? that. Yeah. We're, yeah. As long as your blood pressure is up, let's get it up a little higher. Japanese government has said it's going to hack citizens' IoT devices to secure them before the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese government approved a law on Friday that would allow government workers to hack into people's IoT devices. They're trying to survey them to see if you're using default passwords, you know, to find out if you're secure, if you've got something like uh, the VPN filter on your router that kind of thing um the japanese government's decision according to zdnet to log into users iot devices has sparked outrage in japan many have argued it's an unnecessary step Uh, however the government plan does have its technical merits because after all iot devices and routers particularly are notoriously insecure
2: Mm -hmm. what do you think I'm surprised this is something ISPs aren't doing already, too, like in a certain way. Like, hey, by the way, you just – you know, you have this thing on your system. They may yeah. do like a system-wide ping to just look for default usernames and passwords. I think that's a pretty simple, harmless thing. That's what thing. they're going to do. But, the National yeah.
0: Institute of Information Computer Communications Technology will be allowed to use default passwords and password dictionaries to attack.
2: Mm-hmm. And bet that's interesting, password dictionaries. Yeah. But, you know, it's like – I, I would not mind if ISPs were doing this because it would help a lot of consumers who aren't super technically savvy uh,
0: yeah. and
2: there's like less of a problem for them. There is certainly the worry, though, that all of a sudden you'll have these ISP specialists who know they can get into certain mm-hmm. systems and who knows what happens. Well, there.
0: yeah, yeah. the idea here is they're going to make a list of devices that use the default passwords mm-hmm. or monkey one, two, three. They send that to the Internet service provider who then contacts the customer and says, F- fix your device. Yeah. The Olympics right. are coming. What are you crazy?
1: <laughs> I mean, you could do yeah. this in
0: Japan. That's a very different kind of society. You do this in the United States. Insane. Mm-hmm. insane.
3: Insane. Also, what 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 I think the problem in the United States is that in many cases the the router is actually provided by the ISP. Right. Yes. Like a lot of these in-home devices, uh, a lot of these things are actually controlled by the ISPs, right. which to me does kind of open up the idea of, yeah, to, to Vendor's point, I mean, maybe they should be doing some of these scans or maybe we should just, you know, um, as as consumers or as as people like require that these things ship with, with better default. I don't know. Be um, but I, I understand both concerns, but I mean, I, I guess I understand both sides. I think that this could potentially be a good thing if you could actually enforce this. But I also like I, you're right. This wouldn't work in the USA, the outrage and B the reality is, is that most people are getting their, their insecure router with their password or whatever from their internet provider. Um, mm-hmm. and Um, Or in some cases, you know, now you're seeing apartment complexes who are, you know, forcing people to install smart locks that could be hacked and and have other things like what do you do in those cases, you know, where where some of your IOT things that might be insecure have been provided to you or you're forced to use them because they come as part of something else that you didn't even knowingly put in your home. You know,
0: San Francisco Board of Supervisors has uh, proposed an ordinance to stop secret surveillance ordinance that would make the city the first in the nation to ban government use of facial recognition it's got to be approved by the board uh good idea i mean we know for instance we know taylor swift your your mm-hmm. beloved Tay, i know has used facial recognition at her she concerts has. to keep stalkers at bay
3: yeah and and i mean the, the interesting thing there i mean like do i love that no i also feel like it's a private event so you have the ability to do those things and i, I want feel- Tay to be safe same but, but i like I couldn't get as outraged about that just because it is in a private place, and right. it is not one of those instances where you're in the public and and they're you know doing this like do I understand why people are creeped out? yeah, at the same time, I also understand why like when someone has legitimate stalkers, you know why they might do something like that um you can be concerned about what happens with with where those databases are being stored and that sort of thing, but again, you're entering a private event i bet um, you at
0: the super bowl they are using face recognition of course they are at, and at, they're at,
3: probably doing it at all kinds of things mercedes-benz right? like,
0: stadium yeah
3: i'm 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 actually more bothered about it in public spaces if, I, if i'm being totally honest like i i don't really feel like you necessarily have an expectation of well, privacy going to like especially some of these you don't really right. have
4: an expectation of privacy in a public space either so it kind of mm-hmm. leaves That's you true. with nowhere that Here's you really the issue. have an expectation of privacy A lot of the face recognition
0: recognition software has been trained on white people. Mm -hmm. It is notoriously bad uh, with people of color, which means a disproportionate number of false positives for people of color. So if you're African-American, you're more likely to get stopped, detained, maybe even arrested for a false positive. And I don't care if it's public
2: or private. That's not good. I agree. Mm -hmm we tend to build these systems and think they're magic and kind of overlook these flaws. And that's the, I think that's the main worry. Like I have a lot of issues about facial recognition in general, but it's the false positives where it's sort of like DNA testing too, right? For police, there are certainly issues with it. But I think in a certain sense um, we tend to rely on it a lot and that could lead to other sorts of issues.
0: Let's take a little break. Devendra
2: Hardwar. He's here from Engadget, senior
0: editor over there. Yes, yes. Uh, we love having you on every day, every time. Congratulations. I understand. Uh, how old is your newborn now?
2: Oh, Sophia is three and a half months old. Yikes. and How's it I'm going? Beginning the second, it's going good. Like she's sleeping better. Yeah. Um, we're surviving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The uh, sleep I'm beginning, thing is a big one. Good oh, yeah. That's the huge thing. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I'm starting the second half of my paternity leave this month. So I just have February just to hang out with the baby. Oh, that's Yay. so great. Bonding yep. time. I was very yeah. fortunate that I uh,
0: got semi-fired when our first baby was born. And I only, <laughs> I only had to work a few days a week. And I, it was so much fun. I was the only daddy at you know, it was. I, went, I would go to mommy groups with Abby. It was so great. It's the best thing ever. I, I, wish, I, I wish I could afford to just quit. I would have. Welcome uh, to
4: Canada. We have one year. Maternity, paternity. <sighs> uh, we take care of you. We you can go again, stay Georgia. home and get paid. Nice. This one I'm just saying. This one you gotta say. This one I'm not even. They're unabashed. all
2: they're all they're all benefits. They're, like daycare Child one. care <laughs> as well. Like once <laughs> you start working again, like every other country has it better than the US. So
0: you know this oh. is the completely off topic, but this but you uh-huh. know, this whole debate now about Medicare for all and something a number of Democratic candidates are proposing, and and then the response from people uh like Howard Schultz, the CEO of of uh a Starbucks who's running and uh, and Michael bloomberg that oh we can't afford that, but then I wonder, but Canada can yeah. every, in fact, every developed it's nation in the world except the u s can, can afford it i don't it's understand.
4: actually it's actually cheaper for you in the long run, so mm-hmm. it, it, I think it's just uh, people grab hold of a political thing. I think taking care of all of your people is really important. this shouldn't even be about politics when it comes to people's health. Your country is deemed on how you take care of the people that are the sickest, the weakest, the most needy to that. And it's, you know that it's actually more affordable because the more that you access health care earlier, the less chance that something big and expensive actually comes yeah. down the road to it. And then the more that you can stay into the workforce, the more that you contribute, the more taxes that you can pay. So I think that it's workable and I don't think that it should be a political issue. I think that everyone should be able to not have to think about if they have to take care of their sick child or pay their mortgage payment it's, to that.
0: It's terrible. And medical bankruptcy, this yeah. is the only country in the world where medical bankruptcy is is prevalent and it shouldn't that shouldn't happen. And yet uh I also doubt very much we'll ever get single payer health care in the United States. I just it doesn't seem possible.
2: Slowly but surely, hopefully. Because, I think you're gonna definitely
4: yeah. get it. Yeah. You're the yeah. only the only developed nation the last that one. Does not have it. You for sure. This is gonna happen. I think everyone can get uh, on board with that. Yeah.
0: Hey we have a new show we're launching on Ooh. uh Twit. Yeah. What's that? It's hot. Watch. This is TWIT. Hey everybody, it's the brand new TWIT show, Hands on Tech. I'm Leo Laporte. I'm Megan Maroney. I'm Jason Howell. Oh, we're all here. You see, it turns out at TWIT we get a lot of gear. Always get a lot of gear to review. Laptops, phones, Uh, VR gear, stuff like... Robots. Robots. This thing. So, we thought it'd be fun, whatever that is. You don't even know, do you? No. No. So, we thought it'd be fun to take some of the stuff we get and and give you reviews. But instead of doing a regular review show, uh, we're just going to review everything when it comes in. They might be short reviews, they might be long reviews, but it'll always be a number of different reviews every week. So, if you subscribe to the Hands On Tech channel, you'll get the latest reviews and then you can always Google your favorite product find out what we think of it the best way to get ready for Hands on Tech episode one's coming soon in fact it's going to be a review of the new Jaguar I-Pace electric vehicle is to go to twit.tv slash hot that stands for Hands on Tech is that robot yeah it's burping, burping at, noise at, at me, me? I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> we'll it see too you much soon on Hands on Tech bye bye twit.tv slash hot if you'd like to subscribe it'll be on YouTube as well <laughs> our show today brought looks to you. That great. That's going to be yeah. fun. You know, we realize we, so we, we've got all this stuff. We review them Such on our individual shows. Idea. Why not just make it possible to get just the reviews? Just mm-hmm. the reviews. And
4: Megan's on it. so it's And we great. always
0: love that. And actually, uh, you, yeah, anybody who wants to re- do a review, I mean, you're already doing it uh, for Engadget, Avindra, but but Christina or uh, Oh, yeah. Or Georgia, I miss reviews. Let for us know. Sure. We'll for send sure. you the product. That. You can review it. we got a lot of stuff, far too much That's stuff for great. us to review. I just sent Odok to yep. the little handheld Osmo. I mean, how many people <laughs> oh, are reviewing Osmo's
2: products great. at Engadget? Probably a dozen, right? It's 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 crazy. But it's honestly, our reviews may also sync up, so let me know. We, we'll probably oh. just get it, and we can do mm. just They have will sync them.
0: up because, yeah. honestly, there's a difference between a, a review and print where you can read the specs, and I, I really like mm-hmm. those. Mm-hmm. versus the kind of review we do, which is more like, well, here's what it's like to use it. Here's what it looks like. Here's how yeah. it feels. And nice to yeah. see yeah. it.
2: It's, they both it's, also, it's what want, people want to see right now, too. Like, I'm feeling the pressure mm-hmm. of, like, doing a really strict uh, traditional review video. It's very different. Meanwhile, everyone on YouTube is just doing, like, hey, let's look at this cool thing, and uh, really informal. It seems like the way people want to consume the stuff now, too.
0: Yeah. We just announced the show today. We have over 40,000 subscribers on YouTube already. Nice. So,
1: wow. That's awesome. Congrats.
0: That is hot. Yeah, that's hot. Hands yeah, I tech. like
4: the acronym though. Feeling up tech would have been good too, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> the acronym for feeling up tech is FUT. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it would
4: have been. As, it's not as catchy, it's not as catchy, but cuter, but not as. Catchy. We will be
0: feeling our tech up on hot uh, <laughs> this week at tech, brought to you by Quip. Actually, this is a hot device. We, Lisa and I just went to Vegas. And we brought our Quips. So I, I love an electric toothbrush, but the Quip is the best electric toothbrush ever. By the way, the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. So that's a pretty nice thing. Brushing right, of course, is very important. The Quip is a great, affordable electric toothbrush that's an effective clean. It's gentle in your sensitive gums. It's, in fact, sometimes people go, oh, it's too gentle. That was my first reaction. It turned out I've been brushing too hard. My dentist said, no, no, please use the Quip because it's just right. You get a built-in two-minute timer, which pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and help you clean your whole mouth evenly. Everybody around here started to use the Quip. Debbie started using it. Her dentist said, I don't know what you're doing, but keep up the good work. It's because most of us don't brush for a full two minutes or clean evenly. And I love the Quip. It's great for travel because it's got a AAA battery in it. There's no charger. So I just pop the Quip in my suitcase, and I'm good to go. It's great at home, too, because you see that little Quip holder? It sticks right on the mirror, so you'll never forget the brush. It's staring you right in the face when you go into the bathroom. It works uh, as a stand, or you can mount it to mirrors. You can slide over your bristles to pack. You turn it in upside down, and so it's perfect. It's It's got everything it needs to pack, and... What's great about the Quip is you automatically get new brush heads, new batteries delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule. Every three months, just $5. And a friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh so you'll stay committed to your oral health. Most of us, whether using electric or regular toothbrushes, about 75% of us use brushes that are worn out. They are no longer effective. Quip is is the way to do it. One of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association, backed by over 25,000 dental professionals, thousands of verified five-star reviews, and a lot of people at TWIT who are happy to use it. One million happy, healthy mouths. Quip. Oh, did I mention it starts at $25? Go to getquip.com twit right now. Get your first refill pack for free when you purchase any Quip electric toothbrush. I got his and her toothbrushes. I'm copper. She's gold. So we know the difference, and we love them. Get your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash twit. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash twit. We love Quip. Uh, Let's see. I jumped. Sometimes this happens. I jumped to an earlier episode, and I have all the old stories. But here's one that gave me a little. You're all podcasters, so maybe this will give you a little thrill. Spotify, according to Recode, is in talks to buy Gimlet Media for $200 million. Wow.
2: Wow, wow, wow. What?
0: Okay, so Gimlet is started uh, right with Alex, Bl- was it Blumfeld? Who was, he, yeah, Blumberg. Blumberg. And it was yeah. all about, I'm going to raise money to do Podcast Network, right? Startup, Startup. Yeah. And uh, they had a few other shows, including one called Homecoming that they then sold the rights to to Netflix. And it's become a widely beloved TV show. And Netflix won a Golden – didn't it win a Golden Globe? It certainly was nominated. Uh, It was a scripted podcast, which they turned into – Amazon Netflix. Mm -hmm. Not Netflix. Amazon TV. I watched the first three episodes. I can't – is it worth continuing?
2: I just – it doesn't – I hear it's very good. I also, like, watched the first episode. It was kind of eh on it. But I hear it's great. It's slow. Mm -hmm. So, mm-hmm. Gimlet did raise money, uh, you know, startup,
0: in 2017. Uh, a funding round valued the company at about $70 million, which even then blows my mind for a podcast network. Uh, but uh, according to Recode, a person familiar with the deal says Spotify will pay more than $200 million cash, cash for the company. Mm. And the reason it's worth so much to Spotify, I think, is pretty clear. Any company like Spotify that's, kind of at the mercy of the record industry is desperately looking for another place for content, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, Spotify has 200 million users. They listen to music, but uh, the royalty rates aren't in their control. They don't know how much it's going to cost them. I know it's all practically put Pandora out of business. Pandora, by the way, doing the same thing. In fact, they're wooing podcasters saying we want an exclusive.
3: Yeah. Well, I was going to say that's, that would be the interesting thing with if, if Spotify does buy Gimlet is do they continue to let Gimlet distribute this to Apple Podcasts and to Google right, and to right. other places or do they make it a Spotify exclusive? Because if you're making that much of an investment, you could understand why you might say, well, we want to be the exclusive home. But you could also say, well, your reach is going to be significantly more limited if you cut off Apple Podcasts
0: as an example. Right. Mm-hmm yeah I would see uh, you know you're all podcasters, so I include you in this conversation but i as far as I'm concerned, I want my show to be everywhere you could possibly get it
2: totally. i I could see yeah I think that's like the dream of podcasting right because it's uh, it's a spin off of r s s it was it's, about mm-hmm. distributing audio yeah. everywhere, right, but I do think like we are feeling the end of like whatever that tech is so archaic um mm-hmm. The way of distributing a podcast is very, it's just kind of insane. Like it's kind of hard to get, you have to treat, you have to train people. And if it's within an interface that people already use and understand, uh, I don't listen to podcasts within Spotify, but I think a lot of, you know, regular casual users, I've talked to folks where that's where they listen to podcasts because that's just where they are. So it makes a certain amount of sense. They just need to fix that interface because like, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Discovery, discovery on Spotify is terrible. Yeah. But we were at the
3: same oh, time you have the potential to have really good discovery. Like that is the one benefit they it have could it's make not it good better. right now. Yeah. But they could make it so much better because yeah. they already have the analytics of what you listen to and what you like and like Discover Weekly is really good. I mean, you could Oh, if, I love if Discover Weekly. To, <gasps> if Spotify wanted to, they could yeah. create a Discover Weekly for podcasts.
0: That's a playlist yeah. Spotify creates every Monday based on your listening habits and it's always got great stuff and new stuff that I would like. It's a yeah, if they did that with podcasts, that would be very interesting. Yeah. We were a launch that- partner. When Spotify mm-hmm. went podcast, added podcast, we were a launch partner. We were up there on stage with Daniel Equity, announced it and all that stuff. But we don't notice a lot of traffic from Spotify, yeah. I think, because people can't find it.
3: Uh- yeah, same. I mean, we, uh, Rocket is also on podcast, uh, uh, um, Spotify, and, and I don't have a, a lot of direct analytic information about that, and that's actually one of the problems, right? right. But this is the problem of, of podcasts all up, is that your analytic information is kind of a, a black box, um, because it, it differs from platform to platform, and you have to extrapolate a certain, you know, amount of uh, information from that. So. Our
0: number one downloads, I think, is Pocket Cast, maybe iTunes, then Pocket Cast. But that worries me because Pocket Cast got bought by Public Radio, and I don't know what the future is for non-public radio podcasts. So Pocket <laughs> Cast, uh, yeah. Apple is doing their thing where they're doing measurements and trying to sell that to advertisers. Mm-hmm. But you have to use an Apple product to get that an apple podcast app to get that information um, i i hope you're wrong devendra i hope that rss mm-hmm. and the completely democratic method of distributing audio shows remains cuz i think it's really important
2: it's just we've seen i think for so long cuz i've been i our podcast just uh, passed uh, 500 episodes we've been doing it for over 10 years you know the slash filmcast we've yeah. seen this tech for so long yeah it the fundamental tech has not changed No, nope. i think that's a right. big problem like analytics Uh, doing something more interesting. Uh, What I like about Spotify, too, is that, you know, when you're playing music, occasionally a video will pop up, too, on your phone and, like, maybe lyric info, like maybe there's uh, some stuff from Rap Genius or Genius, right? Um, There's more potential to do more with that interface than just, you know, have somebody listen to an audio file and let the screen be kind of useless. I've been looking forward to something like that, too, like better use of metadata. Maybe throw up a link, maybe throw up a video as we're talking about it. That can totally. be really cool and really interesting. Mm-hmm. So at least Spotify could innovate on that front. I, I want RSS to succeed, but, you know, even Google Reader couldn't do it. So who knows how long well, this and, will
0: last. You know, it's really been interesting for podcasts, and I don't know if you, it's made a difference to you guys. And I don't have any numbers to back this up, but the fact that you can ask Amazon's Echo or Google Home mm-hmm. yep. or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Siri to totally. play a podcast for yeah. you and just by name and you get the latest episode, that to me seems like a very nice way for consumers to listen.
2: It's yeah. it's nice. It makes it's hard it so to much
0: control.
4: easier for people to be able yeah. to just listen to something on the fly while they're doing something. They don't have to grab anything. They can just ask for it to play. It starts right. to play. You have to know what to ask really for, helpful.
0: though. That's the problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I think, so. and
4: you have to say it properly because if not, you get <laughs> yeah. another podcast, but and that can be embarrassing.
0: That's just the world of Echo. <laughs> yeah, you know what's weird? <laughs> it's so true. I, I I every morning I'll get up and I say Echo, uh, listen to the daily podcast uh, on my bathroom Sonos. That's the exact sentence I say every day, and yep. it usually plays the New York Times Daily podcast. But it turns out there's a daily podcast in, from Australia or something, and I played that the other day, and it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs>
2: so this isn't perfect. that might have been fun.
4: Yeah. You see, it might have been a nice way That's to find a podcast. They were just trying to add yeah. variety.
2: I as long as so. it doesn't start playing, my dad wrote a porno, right? Like that. <laughs> don't make that mistake. Uh, otherwise, are don't you are you, your, you amazed?
4: Don't your podcast something close to that.
0: Is are you amazed you by the number two hundred million dollars for a podcast network? No, I'm excited
2: by it. I'm but, excited yeah. by it
3: too. Yeah, and I think to be clear, I don't think that there are very few other, um, I think, uh, producers and networks mm-hmm. that could even conceive of getting within this realm of, of amount of money. Uh, but if anybody's going to, it's going to be Gimlet, and you know, I mean, they it, it came out of this American Life, and and people who have really helped pioneer um, this format in terms of making money off it and getting mass, mass, mass audiences, yeah. you know, general audiences, not not our more niche, you know, mm-hmm. tech and film and and you know, cultural things, which are great, but are not the same level of something like you know a a, a serial, um, and so uh, if any if anybody is going to get that kind of Money, it, it makes sense. That it would be them. Um, you could also say something like, like, you know, like, Earwolf or some of the others, although I think mid-roll might. How many
0: podcasts do you think Gimlet has? Just out of curiosity, do you know?
3: I don't know, probably seven,
2: 20, 20. That's pretty good. Um, okay. can you name That's any a, of them a startup. besides startup? Yeah, no, besides startup and homecoming, of course. Oh, homecoming, homecoming. yeah, Crime Town yeah. was good. I listened to that. Oh,
3: Crime Town was really good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. so I don't know, 200 million.
3: I Means a lot. <laughs> That's but ten million a show.
4: It's, it's giggly, again good, good for the future. Hopefully, of podcasts.
0: Yeah. Maybe yeah. that. Yeah. They, I just want to say, say we have twelve shows. I'd sell for one hundred twenty million. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Spotify, Lugia Daniel, I love you, man. <laughs>
3: Call Leo. Uh, but I mean, you could mm-hmm. also say that this is—it's not dissimilar from what Netflix and Amazon are doing, where they're you know paying really huge contracts out to yeah. showrunners, yeah. Yeah. and and is, this is as much about you know creating future mm-hmm. content as it yeah. is about the existing lineup and saying well, we're going to have exclusive access potentially to you know these producers, and mm-hmm. um, that's that. I mean that that doesn't that doesn't seem inconceivable. Two hundred million dollars doesn't seem inconceivable for. Yeah. Yeah, you
0: know, I would love to know, yeah. and I don't know if this is published, what Gilmuth's revenue is.
3: Oh, I'm sure it's not published because they're private. <laughs> but I would love to know that as well.
0: Well, so uh, cor- nobody knows what the podcast net- industry is worth, uh, according to some $315 million in 2017 was the revenue. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It so seems low. It seems low. I could tell you. I mean, I'm we're public. We made $9 million last year. 10 million the year before in 2017. So, uh, but I wonder, I mean, I'd love to know what the revenue is so that I can go to Spotify and say, Hey, mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Hey, you want some be, shows? Hey. That would be interesting. Cause if, if they do make this deal, I think it would have to be material enough that they would have to disclose it and maybe, I think they would. Their financial things. So, I mean, that, it, it, at the very least, if this goes through, this could give us some indicator of what sort of things are making. So the question
0: is, is it, is it based on hype? Is it based on reality? Is it based on actual revenue? One of the things that Gimlet does we don't do is they will make they make shows for brands. Right. And that's gotta be a much better revenue generator. Yeah,
3: no, I w- I would think that your brand stuff that you're doing there, you could yeah, you could very that's, easily convince a valuable. brand to give you a million dollars. Yeah. You know, to to create a, you know, twenty mm-hmm. episode or ten episode show. Yeah. Um yeah, I could see that.
0: Company uh in uh according to one of our chatters in twenty fifteen Gimlet was estimated to bring in two million dollars in advertising mm-hmm. when we were making five mm-hmm. times that. So I don't I don't really
2: you're doing good I'm Leo. just saying I would okay. like two hundred million dollars, okay <laughs> and this I know' a rare bit of good news by I, the way, for the podcast world because wasn't it last year uh Panoply shut down? yeah um, yep. yeah that, and that was kind of a brutal move because
0: there the were last. a lot of
2: shows on that that I think were doing really well, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah didn't work out so well for that and it's just crazy, so this is better news it's we like, want to see a healthier ecosystem. it's like when the
0: house next door to you. Sells yeah. for $100 million. You yeah. go, wow. I, I had no idea. I and no idea. Like, hey. <laughs> you're like, hey,
3: you know, my house is also available. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, Do you have a house?
0: Yeah. Uh, I think I'd move to the Bahamas if I got that kind of money, but I don't know. No, don't mm-hmm. worry. We're not for sale. Americans got 26. 26- <laughs> Depending on
4: the numbers. Okay, maybe. Number.
0: I shouldn't speak for yeah. Lisa, should I? She's gonna no. come running in here in a second, saying, "No, no, no, we are."
4: Yeah, three hundred million, and Leo said, "No, 100%. we're not doing it." Four hundred million, we're not doing 100%. it.
3: Doesn't matter. We saw what happened to Evan Spiegel, Leo, and and we you, you don't want to be Evan
0: Spiegel. What was what was? So he got offered. Facebook offered him how much?
3: Well, I think it was originally three billion, and then I think it went up to ten, and the ten would have been a good move because they're yeah.
2: not yeah. that. Wow. Just a little. But so, he was thinking, I really gotta make these glasses. So he has <laughs> gotta do that. What a character. That's a hard
0: thing to do. If somebody, a big company comes to you, they've already spent, what is it, twenty two billion dollars on WhatsApp and says, Hey, mm-hmm. we'd be we'd be interested. Uh what is ten billion a number? And you go, No.
3: <laughs>
0: but Whoa. some people
4: do it for the love of creation. Yeah,
3: not yeah for yeah. the money.
4: Yeah. There we yeah. go. Yep. Yeah.
0: I do it for love, not money. Clearly. (laughs) Americans got, oh my God, 26.3 billion robocalls last year. Yep. Mm, yep. 26.3 billion. There's only 300 million people in America, so Uh do the math. That was up 46% from the year before. This is Mm -hmm. a report released by Haya,
1: Haya!
0: a Seattle-based spam monitoring service. It analyzed. It has an app. See, sometimes having an app is, you know, for this kind of thing is good. It no, analyzed I w- activity. I w- I wish
3: that Apple would do what Android does, right. Which lets you how to block this stuff. Yeah,
0: from four hundred fifty thousand users to determine the scope of unwanted robocalling. It all, they also analyzed how people reacted when they got a call. Uh, what's interesting is, according to Haya, people are just not answering the phone anymore. Yeah, I was going to
3: say, I was going to ask you guys, I don't answer my phone anymore unless I know exactly who it is. And even then, sometimes I'm like, "Mm, no. And because I get the fake calls where
0: they look just like your regular phone number. It's from your area code and sometimes your exchange.
3: Totally. And here's the thing, like... The area code that my cell phone number is from is a place I haven't lived in many, 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 many years. And so and and, and it's also a different area code than like what my parents have, even though they're from the same city. And so it's one of those things. If I see that area code, I know it's fake. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah.
0: But what see, that's because you don't have kids. Right. Georgia, you know, if you get a call from your area code number, but you don't recognize the number and it's the first three digits, you're going to think that's the school. Yeah, that's a neighbor, and,
4: and also no, but yeah, yes, with my job, I think that it might be might a, be a client. client or it might be a hospital or it might be something yeah. else, which I kind of am stuck calling. And we have a lot of in Canada. There's now an influx of calls from someone that's speaking Mandarin. So you don't really understand it at first mm-hmm. and you listen in. Then the second one that's really popular is a robotic, like voice that's saying that they're the police. They have a yep. warrant
3: for your arrest. Yep. They're coming after you. I got that one of, from the IRS. You know, yeah. Oh, really I did too. I got one. that one from the IRS and I was like, wait, what? And that was no. a little bit <laughs> creepy. scary. And then I, I had to little- Google it. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit scary because they say that they're going to come after you. And, you know, it, it It hits a lot of people and you know why it works is because a lot of people call back and then they, you know, get fed, you know, they don't want to have the RCMP once. or police coming after them. And so they pay, but everyone's doing that once for the amount of people that do it. Yeah. They're making enough money to keep these robocalls in action because right. it once costs them almost nothing.
0: I bought Viagra from a Chinese pharmacy once. And my phone would not stop ringing. That's the worst part. The worst part is, this is a few years ago. My ex-wife was so pissed off, she gave my work number to the, the guys. Oh, so no. he's not here. Call him at work. So then, remember that? <laughs> John's going, yeah. This Chinese pharmacy indicts our work phones. How do we stop? I don't know. I think I said, no, I, I don't need it anymore. I'm all better. I don't know. It's terrible. TMI. I overshared. Okay. Haya says, (laughs) just, I mean, this is a cautionary tale. Don't answer the phone and whatever you do, don't buy the timeshare.
4: Be careful what you give, who you give your number to. Yeah. But in the end, I like, it doesn't, it doesn't. They don't need your number. These are random. They find you.
0: That's not your number. It doesn't matter. So Haya says only about half of all cell phone calls are now being answered. Only half. I don't answer any. In fact, at this point, I don't care if you get my phone number because I'm not going to answer it anyway, unless I know you, right? Yeah, totally. That's terrible. Uh, T-Mobile no, is going to turn on a, uh, a something they call shaken and stirred. We talked about this earlier, which is uh caller authentication system. Uh, AT&T Verizon Sprint said they're going to do it too. The FCC is endorsing this will limit caller ID spoofing. So it will – everybody has to do it or it's not going to work. But if it does it, uh, then when you get a call with a caller ID, it will actually be the number of the caller. That would be nice. Mm -hmm. FCC has done nothing about this. They say they're doing stuff. There have been arrests. 46% increase last year in robocalls. Um, So (laughs) did you see how many – movies Netflix released last year, what was it,
2: 1,500? Jeez. (laughs) Originals? Well, they said they were going to spend $8 billion in 2018, so... You can't watch that many. (laughs) There's some
4: good shows, I have to say. Yeah, but how do you... This
0: is another discovery issue. How do you find them? I have to ask Film Girl or Georgia. Exactly.
4: You have to wait until someone else says something, or I do use the, the... When it says recommended by, like, whatever... 87% 87% or something like that. I'm like, oh, it's similar to the other shows that I like. Like right now yeah. I'm into Night Flyers. Night Flyers is amazing. Game of Thrones fans. Night um, Flyers. Let awesome. me
0: like that. See, I never awesome. even heard of it.
4: I think, Christina, I think you would like this show. Okay, I'll check it out. I, I, I haven't heard of it either. I will definitely similar. check it out. It is it is George R. R. Martin's little novella uh, show that's based, and I, I'm not really into, well, I, I was like, I'm not so sure I'm going to be into this. We've watched five yesterday, so... Mm-hmm. That's really the loved. show
2: from Sci-Fi. Yeah, I don't yes. think it's hit Netflix yeah. in the U.S. yet. I it has not no, sure. but it's it's oh, really okay, good. Well, but well, that's usually the I, way that I go out of town
3: all the time. So I've been using foreign Netflix this month, for instance, more than I've been using American Netflix. So mm-hmm. that's fine. I'll be in yeah. Australia in a week, so it's fine. Oh, wow! But, they're but, making you
0: that, travel. Yeah. <laughs> do you mind?
3: Yeah. Um, if I had to do this all the time, I would probably not love it. But for the the. I knew going into this year that
0: the first half of the year I'd wow. be doing a lot of travel. Are you talking to developers at conferences and yeah, stuff? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's we've
3: been cool. Doing, we've, we've been doing a global tour called uh, Microsoft Ignite the Tour where we've been going to a bunch of different cities all over the world, and so um, I've been so far. So we started. We kicked it off in December when we were in Berlin, and then we were in Sao Paulo, and then this year I've been Holy to cow. Tel Aviv and um, Milan. Um, but there've been uh, 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 there was one in Johannesburg. There's one in DC. Like right now, there was one in um, uh, Seoul. No, not Seoul. Singapore. Um, Do I will you get to see in- any
0: of these places, or is it just in and out? <laughs>
3: You know what it some some more than others. I was, for instance, able to see a little bit more of Milan even though it was raining. Um, I also got to see a little bit of, of Tel Aviv, but uh sometimes it's just in and out. But I the That's good thing the is the worst kind of
0: business travel. You go yeah. to somewhere really cool
3: and then you have to leave immediately.
0: And you don't the get th- to see it.
3: The cool thing is that when, I, when I'm leaving for Australia, um, I'm actually going to be staying an extra couple of days because good. we're going to be doing something with the uh, Windows Insider team at the Microsoft Store in Sydney. And so oh, um, I'm going to get to see more, more places. So, Australia so I, is one I'm of my
0: favorite places, and Sydney is one of the best cities in the world. It's just awesome. And good coffee, which I know is important to you. Definitely. Let's take a little break. When we come back, I'm going to give you all an assignment. What show should I watch next? Georgia Dow is here, She and we'll talk about her videos, anxietyvideos.com, She's Senior Editor iMore, Film Girl herself, Senior Developer, Cloud Developer, Advocate at Microsoft, also the host of the fabulous Rocket Podcast with Simone and Brianna, and that's at Relay.fm, which, by the way, if Gimlet's worth $200 million, I think Relay's worth at least 100 <laughs> Tell Mike Hurley... I mean-
3: yeah, I will tell Mike and Steven.
0: <laughs> tell him You're worth more. And Devendra Hardwar slash film is his podcast. He's senior editor. And in gadget. you must have something. It could be a movie. It could uh-huh. be a TV show. Something everybody, some hidden secret gem no one's heard of. Oh,
2: man. There, there's
0: so many. I will say, uh, <laughs> Don't you, s- do you want it now? No. Or do you want to Hold on to it. it? I'm giving okay. you time to think about it while I talk about right. LastPass, which is not a hidden gem. Anybody who watches Twit for any length of time knows I'm a complete LastPass advocate and fanatic. Uh, I've been using LastPass for a decade, ever since it started. You may remember, but it was about five years ago now, we had Steve Gibson interviewed the creator of LastPass Joe Seagrass showed him the code, explained how everything worked. Steve Gibson, our security guru, said, This is awesome. He started using it. And then something happened. One of our engineers posted all of this company's passwords, the database, the website, the, everything on a public website because he couldn't remember them. And we said, You know, maybe we should use LastPass here. We got LastPass Enterprise. If you have a business, you know breaches are the worst thing that can happen to your reputation, to your company, to your bottom line. It's the worst but but where's the weak spot well it's your employees and it's and it's frankly it's your passwords that's why we use LastPass enterprise reduce the threat of breach with organization-wide password management a hundred policies that you can set for your employee for instance we require two-factor uh you can set master password requirements so it can't be monkey one two three uh you've got password resets you can restrict access if an employee leaves they can share passwords, and we know we know employees share passwords not just with them with other employees, but with the other people outside the company. They can share passwords, but they don't know the password, so they just see dots. So you can actually set it up so that they can log into the you know QuickBooks or the bank accounts or the databases, but they don't even have access to the password. We use shared folders, which is a nice feature of enterprise that lets uh, our ops team have all the passwords they need. We don't have to individually share it. Our business office has all the passwords they need. It's more than passwords for me. I put everything in LastPass. Database logins, SSH keys. Yes, I put my SSH keys in there. Uh, Software licenses, my driver's license, social security number, and passport is in LastPass. Because I know I have it everywhere. That's the beauty of LastPass. On every device, every operating system. Windows, Mac, Linux, Android, iOS, the first thing I do when I get a new phone, I put LastPass on there. It helps me set up everything else. In fact, now, thanks to iOS 12 and Android Pie, it's very easy uh, because it just auto-fills the password. LastPass sits there, and when it, when you get to a site that needs a password or an app that needs a password, just fills it in. And it uses Face ID or Touch ID, so all the security's there. LastPass's password generator makes it easy for people to generate real, long, strong random passwords you don't have to remember them you'd have to write them down it stores them for you it even has a security check to look for passwords places where maybe you've used the same password more than once and helps you change those automatically it's just the best you've got to have lastpass true trust no one zero knowledge security model the data in your vault is never decrypted anywhere except on device it's encrypted and decrypted at the device level lastpass doesn't have access to it no one does just you If you're an Active Directory user, and I know a lot of people use Microsoft Active Directory, you can use your AD credentials to log in a single sign-on. Whether your team just needs to share passwords or you're worried about a data breach, LastPass scales to fit your business needs. So if you're an individual, LastPass premium, great choice. The family, we use LastPass for families because that allows me to share with Lisa very easily. And they all use LastPass, even the kids. LastPass... For teams, is for a smaller enterprise, 50 or fewer. And, of course, we use the big boy, LastPass Enterprise. LastPass Enterprise. It's the first app I install on any device. It's the first app you should be using to protect yourself. LastPass.com slash twit. If you're not using it, you're nuts. LastPass.com slash twits. Streaming Observer, counted. They say Amazon Prime has four and a half times as many movies as Netflix. But, look at that, 17,000 movies, Netflix only 3,800, Hulu 2,000, HBO no 815, but if you look at fresh, uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Netflix certified fresh movies, 596 compared to 232 on Amazon, 223 on Hulu and 38 on HBO. 15% of all the Netflix content is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. That's,
2: that's good. That's a killer. Yeah, that's their killer feature, right? It's, there's always something vaguely good to watch. Vaguely. There's the word. Yeah.
0: Vaguely. <laughs> it may not be the best yeah. thing yet. It's okay though. You know what I love? No. I'm gonna tell I'll start us off. I've been watching on Netflix a documentary series called Seven Days. Have you guys seen this? No. No. Oh I'm Seven I li-
4: Days. I'm tracking it down on my TV, okay. new l- to
0: TV. I love documentaries, right? And the premise of yeah. this is it's 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 a variety of different events. I don't know how many there are. I've watched seven or eight um it 's a variety of different events, but it 's the seven days leading up to so it 's the kentucky derby and they and they and they talk to the oh. trainers and it 's the seven days leading up to and then the event they do the League of legends uh grand you know championship they talk to the different teams it 's really well done okay. um, yeah. <laughs> the opening of a great restaurant in New York and all the stuff leading up to it so if you like documentaries. I should I think it's what's it I gotta find the name of it. Seven days before Seven
1: Days Out Seven, days, seven out. days
0: Out. Thank you. Um it's uh they did uh yeah there it is. There's uh that's now if you like fashion, and even if you don't, this is fascinating. The Chanel uh Paris fashion seven show. Days out. Um and they and they show the preparations they go, Oh, there's the dog show, the Westminster dog so show
2: gets
0: everything a, a jpl launch the best
2: restaurant
0: in the world. Newly it's arranged. so good oh it's
2: cool i love that's,
0: documentaries that's really seven, cool. and it's a I great do it's a great i premise. love
2: documentaries
0: yeah it's a great premise seven days out i think you'll like it anyway that's it's my a pick good,
2: it's a good premise too because like i feel like every documentary has that meaty moment of where the action is happening and they just like hone down into that right yeah. the the big climax of every situation yeah, and you're prepared because you've
0: been you've been watching yeah. You know, the six days before. And so it's really yeah. it's really got <laughs> some drama. It's well done. Mm-hmm. All right. Georgia Dow, you already gave us one. You want to give us you said night flyers I'll, on sci fi.
4: Yeah, that one's, that one's a lot of fun, um, but I'll, I'll give you another one that's uh, non-educational, but a really great, if you're into something scary, uh, The Haunting of Hill House is really, oh, yeah. really
2: it's perfect. exceptionally
4: yeah. well done. The character development is superb. The way everything fits together, my biggest pet peeve, the psychology behind it, because I can't do it. If the psychology's wrong, it bothers me. I can't watch something. Psychology behind it is fabulous. It's gripping. It gets better as it goes along. Um, you feel like you get it. It's lovely, terrifying. If you have like night terrors, maybe don't watch this. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's it a really, really good. Or a- it's a series. And uh, Stephen King said it is the best in its series oh. uh, out there. So if Stephen King loves it.
0: See, I tried mm-hmm. to watch Castle Rock, the Stephen King uh, set miniseries on uh, Hulu. This is Hulu. This it wasn't so good. Much, this it's is okay. so much better. It's okay. This is, yeah. this is it. All
4: right. The cool part is there's like little background features, things that you didn't catch right away that you can like rewatch it.
0: I'm surprised that a psychotherapist, the founder of <laughs> anxiety videos.com, is watching a scary series like that. It's all in good. Time. Once you've dealt with your anxiety, you can watch this. You can this, enjoy it. Or get, yeah. get a video
4: and watch it together. You can, you can go deep. You can't, you can't, it's really only scary (laughs) up to the, the fourth episode. Then it it does, it's not as scary because you understand more. So maybe just like, if you can make it through the first four, you're good. Probably.
0: Wow. It's an exceptionally well done show. (laughs) Yes. All right. I'm right. I'm looking, I've got it. I got my pencil. I'm writing this all down. (laughs) You
4: should. You should watch this. I'm going to watch that. Lisa loves horror.
0: I hate horror. I don't watch horror. Oh,
4: then this, this is, this is not, this is not like, um, it's, it's I not like, like, those, like someone jumps out of everything. It's suspenseful, That's what I like. but I would say it's towards the horror. It's not like the well, uh, Bird yeah. Box where it's not horror or suspenseful.
0: Is Bird Box any bad. good? It's just bad? No. It's, it's, it's not pretty bad. bad. Isn't it sad good people are getting movie. run over for a bad movie? Well,
4: it's yes. good to see so you know what the memes are about, but it's not well done. <laughs>
0: yeah. No. Oh, I love it. I'm just writing this down. All right. It's, it's, now, because, you know, this is great because we have three people who really are Experts in pop culture and mass culture and film and TV couldn't have three better people to do this. How about you, Christina Warren, Film Girl?
3: Yes. All right. So I have to. Okay. So actually, I first have a podcast recommendation. Um, Good. Because uh, I, I, I I binged it all yesterday on my flight from Milan to New York, and it's called The Dream. And uh, it's all about uh, multi-level marketing uh, uh, scams, network marketing things, things oh, like. Oh, there's so you know. many of those. i uh, think like, anyway, no, but it's so good. And uh, um, uh, Jane Marie, uh, who who's done stuff for, for This American Life, she, um, her uh, company produced it. It's eleven episodes. It's fantastic. It's so good. The like dream. it, really, really, really good. Um, I'm somebody who thought I knew a lot about that world, and I did, like it. it um enlightened things for me and it's really, really good. So the dream, um, highly recommended. And uh as much as uh, I'm mad about his uh revelation at the end of Gossip Girl, I really do like the uh, the new Netflix uh show you. Um okay. it's uh, really
4: apparently. good.
2: Yeah.
0: Do I have to okay.
3: have liked Gossip I'll track Girl? That one down. <laughs> no. Okay. All
2: but right. it, but it by the way, that show point. shows the power of Netflix, right? Because it aired on Lifetime. Nobody cared. It was canceled and then it hit yep. Netflix, did really well. And Netflix is picking up for the next season, I think, or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Happening. Yeah,
3: it was, it was picked up because I didn't even remember it being on, on Lifetime and I wouldn't have watched yeah. it that way. And I, I watched it on Netflix and I was like – I think they were like, because you like Gossip Girl. And I was like, well, yeah. but <laughs> no, <laughs> hey, I don't admit yeah. that in public, but okay. <laughs> no, I mean, Gossip,
2: Gossip Girl
3: was good. I actually uh, – I once had a, a DM conversation with John Legere, the, the T-Mobile CEO, about our mutual affection for Gossip Girl. Wow.
2: It's a good show. Mm-hmm.
3: Wow. Yeah. It is a good show. Wow.
0: I'm just all saying, right. like I'm writing this down. You and I, maybe I'll watch Gossip Girl. I've never seen it, so
3: <laughs> you don't need to watch Gossip Girl, Leo. Uh, it might not hold up. No, I no, you like, you Gilmore would, Gilmore Girls, not, Gilmore like Gilmore Girls. Though I tried to watch Gilmore
0: Girls. I tried to watch Buffy. I tried to watch all of those chick Buffy's TV shows. Great, though I like he is great.
3: But no, you, 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 you would give up about Gossip Girl in about the first 30 seconds. So don't, don't put yourself through that. Um, there are better things you can do with your time. It's a great show, but I know. I, think, I feel like I've gotten to know you enough over the last decade, Leo, and you, you don't to.
0: <laughs> that's either. not for me. <laughs> that's not for you, Leo. That's not for you. <laughs> Thank you, Christina. How about you, Devendra?
2: Yeah, I, I have so many. Let me split this up by uh, streaming service, I guess. Wow. wow. Um, wow. I got to get a, get a hey, fresh wait, page wait, wait, in my notebook. Right? Okay. So
3: yeah, seriously, Devendra, uh, you need sorry. a newsletter.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, that's what idea. the podcast is slash for. Slash film. Slash film. Yeah. Yep. Check out the podcast at Slash filmcast. But yeah, on Amazon, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is a perfect yes. comedy. You know, it so started fun
0: terrible, and now, now that they're up in the Berkshires, mm-hmm. I'm loving it.
2: I kind of hated that,
0: but, you ah. know, what, whatever. It's, the first season show. was great. I really fun. enjoyed it. This, the first couple of episodes of the next season, they were moving too fast. They're too crazy. Yeah. It was messy. I, it, it felt like they were trying
2: to be clever, but weren't. Yeah.
0: Okay. But, so it's better. been a lot. Also, right. on
2: Amazon Patriot, which is a great spy show that nobody has really seen. But it's like if uh, if Wes Anderson was making like a James Bond esque oh, series, and it's all sounds- about a spy. It's me. all about like the existential doom of like this this job, like just breaking you oh, down. I definitely want to see that. It's really it's funny because it's about this guy who's a spy. He's tired of being a spy. He wants to be a folk singer, right? <laughs> and like so, he sings these songs. That's why I like Barry. Music.
0: He's tired of being a, a hitman yeah. yeah, 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 hit man yeah, yeah, yeah. Wants Barry, to be an actor. Barry, yes. Barry's it's great. very Barry. Yeah. yeah.
2: Very Barry. It's so okay. a great show worth checking out on Netflix, okay. Sex Education, which is a teen show. It, well, it's about a pair. It's I about started that because it's
0: Gillian Anderson in Billy it. Gillian Anderson.
2: Yeah, yeah. So great. Oh, yeah, I um, but heard it's about, about that. Kids teaching. So I think you'd appreciate this, Georgia, because it's about kids helping other kids with sex problems in, in high school. And I think it's really sweet. It's really like all about like coming to terms like with issues i think a lot of kids are having and even young adults so there's a lot to love there with this show and it's genuinely funny i love the whole cast sometimes
0: i stay away from high school shows like that because i figure it's for high schoolers but this no, is not there, one there's of there's so much
2: okay. there's so much and just briefly like cbs all access nobody's subscribing to this but star trek discovery is very very good and i think the, the good North fight discovery. is probably the best show on TV. i like the good fight because no i people.
0: liked the good wife a lot yeah 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 yeah
2: so I like
3: both I, of I those, but I don't want to give CBS, like, Me money neither. when I pay for cable. Me neither. I don't know. It's um, a weird thing.
2: Yeah. Me neither. It's a, it's a bad system because, like, these are great shows. I want people to watch it. And then, like, I'm talking to Star Trek fans and they're refusing to pay yeah. the, the little bits of money, the, like, two coffees a month to watch their new Star Trek. I don't I, – if I can't sell it to them, I don't know how CBS is selling it to the rest of the country. Yeah. So
0: the chat room <laughs> yeah. has a recommendation, <laughs> and they've recommended this several times to me. I've got to watch it. It's on the National Geographic channel, but you can also watch it on their website. Valley of the Boom. It's the lives mm. of tech world figures, including their friendships, rivalries, victories, and failures. It's very Ooh. geeky looking. When you have, that looks good. When you have show titles like Seg Fault, Agile <laughs> Method. And it has pr- Bradley
2: Whitford as a as, uh, James sale, which oh. is kind okay. of uh, that's
0: Oh, kind so of this is actually.
2: the Netscape story? It's Netscape. It is, what was the, there was a video streaming company and something else in the globe. So it's like telling all the stories all at once. Oh,
3: Um, okay. I'm going
0: to. Is it a a
2: documentary or is it a uh, drama? It's like half. So there's interviews with the actual folks and then there's like dramatized uh, versions of the events. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, Because I see Mark Cuban
0: Mm -hmm. uh, in here and obviously broadcast.com is a streaming company that's
2: in here. But, it's uh, a show. It goes all over the place. Nice. Uh, I, I wasn't a huge fan. I would say watch Halt and Catch Fire if you want something. Yeah, to, Halt and Catch Fire is so good, was so good. Yeah. That was a great show. You know,
0: I started so watching that when they had a sex, pointless sex scene in yes. the very yeah. first episode. I said, okay, you lost me. It gets better. It gets better. It does okay. get better. You have to continue
3: because yeah. like, yeah. that was a really good show. I have to, oh, it, and well, they got the 80s stuff
0: okay. dead on. Black Sails
4: is also a good show for Pirates.
0: Mm. Hansom pirates, are- pirates. <laughs> pirates, real pirates. Show
4: pirates. I don't know if real pi- I don't know if they were real pirates, the people in the show, but they're actors playing pirates. But it's not. And it's just
3: fun. Not, it's just some bit of them are just brain candy.
0: Okay, yeah. No, we, we, mean, candy.
3: we mean like like Pirates of the Sea not like Arr,
0: uh, pirates. Computer pirates. This kind of yes. pirates. Oh, sorry. Arr. Yes, sorry. Yeah.
3: No, I, I
4: know, know, you know it's actors. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't think there's any <laughs> real pirates anymore. Well, I'm not going there, there are. Yeah, there, there are
3: still real pirates. Yeah, yeah. But
1: they don't remember, remember, have. remember
3: that issue in, in Africa that happened? Yeah,
0: that, Somali that, pirates. Yeah. Yeah. There's, real,
3: yeah.
4: there's real pirates. And The Last Kingdom is another candy, brain candy show. It's just brain candy. Like, it's just, you know, you just watch it for silly time of, you know, what that one's like medieval handsome people, you know, fighting <laughs> if, for yeah. If I watch
0: all these shows. I won't be here for Twit next Sunday.
4: <gasps> you, you know, you watch you watch them as you go if one takes your fancy, you you That's have true. something entertaining to decompress with and sometimes you don't want to have to think. Some shows are about thinking, some shows are about just kind of relaxing and not having to think and enjoying whatever exactly.
3: scandals. We and- call that Vanderpump and it's it's great. Yes. We call that Vanderpump <laughs> Rules and it's fantastic. <laughs>
0: I'm with you. I'm totally with I'm gonna you. I'm going to add one more cuz the first season was good, second season was terrible. But the third season of True Detective, which is on right now with Master Mm -hmm. Ali Ali, is amazing. It's
2: pretty good. Is it? I would agree with that. Yeah, it is. Pretty good, Devendra? You don't think it's It's, great? I I think think Sharp Objects was better. Like, Sharp Objects kind of did that. And it's just doing it so differently. This feels like a remake of season one, but it's still, it's Maharshala Ali. I love him so much. so so I'll watch him in anything. He
0: is so good in this. And the thing, the conceit I like about it, and I've seen other shows try to do this, where it's three different time periods, Mm -hmm. and they intermix them. And it can either be Westworld, where you go, what the hell is going on? Or <laughs> they've done this so well and they've aged the actors amazingly. Mm-hmm.
2: That Dorf is back.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Anyway, enough TV watching. You guys are great. I want to thank everybody for joining us for TWIT this week. And I think we should just bring the same panel back from now on no you've got super bowl yeah (laughs) every time there's a super bowl yeah you
4: know next year they'll be calling
0: sooner than (laughs) that i hope thank you georgia dow anxiety dash videos if you want uh videos not just about anxiety but sleep mastering conflict resolution emotional intelligence great stuff i have the whole set i really love it georgia actually you've added more i do not have the whole set there's more we'll be sending them don't worry, you'll get no, the No, no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, Georgia Dow is a, a, fa- a family therapist, uh, and her, her partner, uh, Sandra Reich, do these. She's the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression, and it really is well done. If you love Georgia, you will love Sandra and Georgia on anxiety videos. Thank you, Georgia, for being here. iMore.com. We didn't talk that much about Apple, but we will next time. Uh, Christina, it's so wonderful to see you. I'm glad things are going well. You haven't been hit by a bus lately.
3: No, it's been a year. It's been one year since I've been hit by a car. So, yes, uh, everything's going
0: well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, She lives in New York for her whole life. Never gets hit by anything, goes to Seattle almost instantly. A bus runs around. Almost over. instantly. Almost yeah. instantly. I'm glad, so glad that uh, you're getting having a lot of fun at Microsoft. That was a big jump from Mashable to Microsoft, and I'm glad it was. That it was, but it's well. been
3: going really well. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're making videos, we're doing got, good content, and um, I'm having a great time. And, and it's amazing because they also let me continue to, to do things like this and, yeah. and be on and
0: talk with you know brilliant people like you guys. My attitude towards Microsoft is completely 180 degrees. Oh, I, yeah. I'm really impressed with the new Microsoft. Satya Adela is brilliant. And mm-hmm. I'm very impressed with the new Microsoft. I really am. Really, you, you picked a good company. Devendra Hardwar, he works for AOL. No, I'm sorry. He works for Verizon. No, I'm sorry. I don't know who the hell yeah. he works for.
2: It's a, it used to be Oath. It was AOL. And now it's Verizon Media. <laughs> and they're all part of that.
0: Yeah. Oh, glad they got rid of the Oath. But it, everybody knows it better as in Gadget, which is the number yes. one gadget blog in the world. And Devendra's senior editor there does a great job You've been there? How long have you been there?
2: Oh, it's gonna be four years this year, I think. Yeah. That feels like an yeah, eternity in web years. It's it's so much, but I have had a ton of fun here. Just it was great, like helping Engadget like grow and you know, stay awesome. Uh, but yeah, I also do the Slash Filmcast at SlashFilm.com. Film.com and I started a new uh podcast, a tech QA podcast at nomoretech.net. That's known with a K.
0: Oh, I like that. I haven't heard about that. No more tech yeah. with a K dot com yes dot or er, dot net dot net no more tech dot net okay
2: cool and do how do you get questions uh I feel them through twitter um no, this is just not loading uh I feel them through twitter and uh there's a google sheet as well yeah uh, it's not loading because I put com it's net dot net dummy yep.
0: and of course the most recent episode
2: CES, C S just dealing with all that. But oh. it, it's actually I'm taking a cue from you, Leo. Just like I love sitting back and answering questions from folks. I so, do too. It's yeah. really fun. it's it's fun. Yeah, it's just like a nice laid back thing. So this is what I do for fun, I guess. Yeah. And TV. Yeah, I
0: I I love doing the radio show for that reason because it's nice yeah. to talk to normal people for a change, <laughs> instead of y'all geeks. <laughs> Thank you so much, Georgia, Christina, Devendra. You guys are great. Thank you all for being here. We do Twit. Normally, we, do, we did a little early this uh, this week because the Super Bowl will be back at our normal time. 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. That's 2300 UTC on Sunday evening. Come by and watch. You can see it at youtube.com. Sorry. Twit.tv slash live, which will give you access to the YouTube, Twitch, Mixer, Ustream, whatever stream you want. There's also two audio streams there, so you can listen or watch. If you're doing it live, go in the chat room because they're doing it live, too. IRC dot twit dot tv but as always on demand versions of everything we do available uh on the website twit tv or in your favorite podcast application it's okay if you use spotify slacker stitcher overcast uh Pocket Cast, itunes whatever you use just subscribe that way you'll get it the minute it's available every sunday night thanks for being here we'll see you next time another twit this is, is in the can i didn't ask you your predictions patriots or rams doing the twit Nobody huh. Nobody's no silch. No idea. <laughs>